My name is Randy Havens. I play Mr. Clark on Stranger Things, and you are listening to the Below the Belt podcast. These guys are helping keep the curiosity door open. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. right everybody yeah that's right btb is back guys for another amazing episode for the fall season we had a great season finale i'm oh, sorry we had a great season premiere <laughs> finale was in may well, we had a great season finale too yes <laughs> we did have a great season finale back in april back or in april. whenever the hell that was but we are now bringing you our second episode of the fall guys and let's go ahead and introduce the room, that's right, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and the only Chachi McFly. And it feels amazing having the whole summer off, you know, like... It was, you know what, it was uh, It was definitely, well, it, you know what, it was bittersweet, because it, it was, um, I did miss doing the show, but it did give me a chance to recharge the batteries, mm-hmm. to focus on other things. Um, to take great vacations and um, and just to enjoy the time off. I mean, I'm sure the listeners did miss us as we were off over over the summer. Oh yeah, yeah, they definitely cried on the beach watching like girls in bikinis. They can't listen to us while they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, where are they gonna get their stuff from? I mean, we have like you know 25 years of archives on there <laughs> on the site they can listen to. <laughs> well, we only have about five. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, but anyways. <laughs> So let's go ahead and introduce, that's right, he is back by popular demand. He is one true knight, the last Numenorian, the one and the only, Martin Lopez. Good to be back on the show. <laughs> Good to have you I back, Martin. I don't know what any of that means. What was that? The Tol- last Numenorian? Yeah. <laughs> Tolkien. What? Tolkien, Jared Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, okay. So the go. second age of the sun, the Numenorians are the baddest asses on the planet. Ah. Fly a little too close to the sun. They're the ones that get tricked by Sauron as he makes the rings to challenge the gods, and the gods slap them. Fun BTB uh, tangent, it's being made into a series. So that that's being made by Amazon right now, the, the Numenorians. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll be talking yeah. about that a little later. Yeah. yeah, and the only name that didn't pop up was the one from Future King. That's Arthurian legend. So I covered all my nerd bases with my nicknames. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Oh, and here's, oh, wow. here's a card oh, for me man. missing your birthday oh. last week. I appreciate it. Oh. Wow, look at this. Everybody not in the should studio. I, should I open this on the air? Because yes. we, we, we celebrated yeah, yeah. last yeah, week. Yeah, you know? well, we'll, we'll give it back then. If you <laughs> so for those of you listening at home, Chachi got a present for Al. Yeah. Avocado. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Holy guacamole! He has uh, a hole in there you can you can use. <laughs> Chachi got Al a glory hole, yeah. which is just what he wanted. It's exactly what he wanted for his birthday. 
I mean, uh, I do love guacamole, but not in this uh, okay, context. Yeah, yeah. But oh, okay. uh, uh, thank you very much. Don't knock it till you rocked it, man. <laughs> you're going to go through life all judgmental. You're going to miss out on some fun shit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Guys are crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Thanks, Chachi McFly. Was it a good birthday show? A last good, week? a good. Uh, I need caffeine. You know, caffeine is uh, yeah. definitely what fuels yeah. this beast. We went out a bit for uh, for Al's birthday. It was an excellent evening. Yes, we did. We were um, well A gentleman's nightclub we last were. Thursday. Yeah. Me too. Are not definitely not gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I had quite the good time. Yeah, no, it was a good um, evening. And uh, the librarian was quite the sight to see. Mm. She. Uh, she looked like, uh, well, she had the glasses on. Mm-hmm. Um, she of course, she's smoking, a librarian. Smoking hot. Yeah, um, which you can imagine based on the place we were at. Right. Um, <laughs> but the fact that she had the glasses uh, and kept them on while she was dancing. Wow. Uh, did it for you? Did you find a new uh, fetish? I, I don't you didn't know. know you were, you know, if you a didn't girl... know you liked erudite women until you saw <laughs> very attractive women with glasses. Well, this is part of the problem because, you know, yeah. everybody doing um, you know, the, the research and stuff on the internet and doing e-books... There's not a, much of a use for libraries anymore, so the librarians need, now need to go and strip yeah, right. to make money. You that's know, a good they're point. All losing their jobs. That's a good, but that, that's one of the yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. So because of the internet, kind of like it's kind of heartbreaking to me. It's a, it's a second career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in researching, her dream of a librarian didn't pan <laughs> out. She had to end up. Stripping. If you guys yeah. did uh, Scholar Google, that that pretty much took the place of all research for for. For those in, uh-huh. in, in research not, fields. Not and, good and research, stuff. but yes, it yeah. did. <laughs> so, that, yeah. yeah, that's another example of yeah. how the yeah. librarians... As, as a medieval historian, I'll yeah. bristle at that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Most research is done online. You know it's not good Scott, research. You know about Google Scholar. Yeah. Yeah, no, nice. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, the library was miserable. Yeah. yeah. Like, you had, like, a book report, and everybody in the class mm-hmm. had the same book report. So they went to the library. Oh, yeah, so And, of course, the book's been gone, right. you know. Everybody checked the books out. Yeah, it's a whole production just to get the source you need. Yeah, or you're going to try to, you know, use the encyclopedia, which was miserable which is always like you know, 20 years old. Dude, we had, to, we had to learn the Dewey Decimal System. Oh, yeah, me too. Miserable. <laughs> those, those kids today have no idea the pain of like, no we had idea. to learn the Dewey Decimal System. Man, I mean, if you go there now, there's, there's books so old, it's, it's like, there'll never be a black president. You're reading it through, they're like, this is outdated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, this information is no longer useful. <laughs> and it certainly happened. Yeah. But thank you, Miss Librarian, for the uh, amazing lap dance. Oh, I mean, uh, entertainment. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Nonetheless, guys. Don't judge her. She's an artist. Yeah, she is. Yeah, an I'm artist. sure you showed her your card catalog. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, an amazing shop, amazing show from top to bottom. Uh, and as we always do, the first two weeks of Below the Belt show, we're just getting back in the swing of things. We have so much on location content to play. Um, but I want to announce our um, special celebrity calling guest for next week, mm. w- which will be our first celebrity caller of this fall season. Um, he is an actor from the movie It Chapter 2. Ooh. Treat Grant will be calling into Below the Belt Show. He played the older v- version of the bully with the mullet. That mm-hmm. was great, yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, he crushed that, man. Yeah. yeah. So Treat and Stranger will be Things, right? a special treat. And, and he, he's yeah. the guy that's like, the mullet's coming back now. Like, oh, if so you see scary. it, oh, it's terrible, right? And, like, people are, like, the trying Cal to, like... The Cal Drogo the DMV kind of has the, the, nah, the mullet going. God, that's, that's a whole other thing. That's, like, a, a top-knot warrior braid, something like that. Like, that dude had the straight 80s mullet, because Stranger Things is set in yeah. the 80s, right? Yeah. Like, it's... I've seen a couple high school kids now, man, like, rocking the straight <laughs> Leonard Skinnerd all the way fuck you mullet. And I'm like, dude, 
That I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'll take you're that. You're fine with them all coming back in stock. I'll take that over the man bun any day of the oh, week. Oh, you like the I, man bun? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I will take 80s mullet over, over the man bun. Over early millennial man yeah. bun. I, I mean, certainly I mean, will. As long as girls still wear like pants. leggings and yoga pants and stuff, I mean, I don't oh, care. Oh, yoga pants should never go out. It should never go. It should be eternal now. And, and leg warmers. That's my 80s thing. I love you like leg, leg warmers. The, the, the yeah. turn on? Yeah, like that, yeah. that whole like 80, 1984 aerobics fad thing. Okay. I love that shit. <laughs> I have no idea why. Kind of, uh, kind of that thong outfit that goes over. Yeah, that goes oh, over the thong yeah but like specifically, like okay. the leg warmers right. are what do it for me. So like oh. a girl could be in spandex, and I could give a fuck. But like all of a sudden, if they toss in some of that like fun 80s scrunchy colors on their little bit, yeah. Just as long as their ankles why. are warm, we'll yeah. we're it. happy. Okay. And maybe that's like when my like young psyche clicked over and I started looking at ladies in a different way. <laughs> at that particular time, it's all like it's all like you know. If you watch Glow, um, yeah, on yeah, Netflix, it's true. They, it, it does it for do me, that. man. They do it, it totally man. They does do it, it for me. Stranger Things, of course, which we'll be finally talking about. Good, because, good. Uh, we yeah. My young talk mind about all it. looking at like Cheryl Teague and Christy Turlington and man, shit. Uh, Christy, oh, whoa, dude. Leg warmers. Wow. Probably the hottest supermodel during her time. I'll do an aerobics videos and shit. She is amazing. Those are so huge in the <laughs> 80s, man. Everybody had the aerobics videos. <laughs> That's how you knew, like, food was going to be shitty in your house. Your mom yeah. starts working out, and you're like, great. Like, no fun snacks for the next three weeks while mom's on a diet. Yeah, but wasn't aerobics to help you, like, lose your whole entire ass? I guess. Like, I don't know. Like that was the point, right? But yeah. yeah. Some of that spandex wasn't really flattering to show off a woman's you, ass. You're right. It's, well, it's before the right. huge ass thing yeah, came like, right. like Women back then, they wanted no ass at all. Like That was the thing. Yeah, they just wanted to be skinny. It, it sounds it, like a it, disease. No, it was no kind of like tall. a dark age. A <laughs> dark for age. For asses. It was. <laughs> I see where you're going with that Until, like, um, Sir Bixalot came around. Uh-huh. And he and he kind of showed hey, us, you know. Yeah, he changed the social DS. He did. He did. Well, thank you, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah. So, um, tonight we actually have some amazing, amazing on-location interviews that yours truly did on behalf of our sister show. Click on this show at the Tribeca Film Festival. I cover the Yesterday red carpet and talk to the star of Yesterday, Himesh Patel. Did you? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes, oh. I did. That was oh, a great man. movie. Thank you. Thank when you. Does, uh, when, <laughs> no, I wasn't in it. <laughs> when does the uh, restraining order come off? What? No, no. But wait. Huh? I'm messing with you. <laughs> In addition to Himesh Patel, mm-hmm. also the executive producer Nick Angel and Chachi. You ready for this? I'm ready. Danny Boyle, director Danny Boyle. Fuck yes, Danny Boyle. Yes, the one and only Slumdog Millionaire. Yep. So many other great films. And I talked to him exclusively at the Yesterday Tribeca world premiere. And we're going to hear the exclusive audio along with actress Scotty Thompson, star of Vic Crown, who I interview at the Tribeca Film Festival hub on the rooftop. They had a Johnny Walker, White Walker Game of Thrones in that great promo bar. I love the Johnny and Walker And I was drinking that. this Johnny Walker, White Walker whiskey the while Walker interviewing the beautiful and gorgeous Scotty Thompson That's on great. the rooftop of this Tribeca. Sounds like a good day, brother. Hotel. Sounds so, like a good day. So we're going to bring on more Tribeca interviews uh, on Below the Belt show. And, uh, of course, next week, more more Tribeca and our first calling guest, um, Treat, the malt man from It Chapter 2. So let's go on and talk about everything going on in the world of Hollywood. So here we go. Time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right, guys. All right. So, Chachi, you sent me a list of all the 
TV shows and films that will be released from Disney Plus. I didn't want to talk about every single project. We know a lot of them. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> so I thought you were sending me this uh, to talk about in the show. But I will say that we there is a way to check out the previews of such uh, an amazing library that you'll be seeing on the Disney Plus platform, uh, which you can do by going on uh, Just Watch. So Just Watch is offering a way for you to peek at the library of Disney Plus shows with everything from the cast list synopsis to the video quality that it will be streaming in. Um, so you can see in particular some of the icons that you'll, uh, you'll be selecting on this Disney Plus platform, which includes all the Star Wars films. That's right. Episodes 1 through 8 will be available on Disney Plus. And yes... Um, the classic posters um, that you um, know and love from your favorite Star Wars films, um, and I think it's kind of cool. It's a, you know, it's a, it seems like everyone has followed a very similar method of presenting the selection on the streaming platform, whether it's Netflix, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. It's just basically movie posters. Yeah, yeah. Netflix was the uh, trailblazer. They were the Netflix was a trailblazer. Disney Plus is following suit. Um, the do same it, style. I'm not signing up for Disney. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry, but I have to. I'm Dis- Disney. See, please take my money. He, now here's my please thing. I, I got to draw the line somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like Netflix was the first, and then mm-hmm. like Netflix, Amazon Prime became like this, whatever. And like HBO Go was trying to be relevant, but it was like choppy and you logged out all the time, and they just they couldn't get their equipment up there, right? Yeah. So it's really Netflix and Amazon. But even then, you know, you're, you're already looking at say, you know, like depending on your package, fifteen to thirty a month for that type of stuff. Now all these other shit like comes up. Hulu breaks away, and they do a couple like shows that you want to see, and now you got uh, Disney doing a couple, whatever, and right. C- CBS has like a five dollar, whatever. Like we can't keep letting them do this. Listen, all the shows you wanted to watch used to be on Netflix. It was covering what you were already paying, and Disney pulled that shit from what you already paid, and now they're setting up a separate subscription. You're I right. ha- I have to not endorse them and hope they burn and die. Oh wow! Yeah. Seriously, yeah, I mean, can't, it's gonna be hard for um, Netflix to keep you know charging the same amount. With all this content missing now, right? Uh, they they did it right. They locked it in. I like I I've, I've been a shareholder yeah. in, in Netflix for a long oh, time. Nice. Like yeah, no, okay. they they cool. they paid me very well, and they did it right. Like they were looking at like two hundred plus a share before they went to streaming, and when they did, everyone thought they were fucking idiots. Stock price crashed to about twelve dollars mm-hmm. a share, like overnight, wow. because they're like we're not doing CDs anymore, we're doing streaming, and everyone's like you're gonna die. How are you gonna possibly make money? And they went global, and they kept prices right. cheap, and they got they got all the followers. And which still is yeah. relatively cheap. And then for the next two so that, years, everybody said Netflix was going to go bust because they couldn't see how they could cover the fee structure. And then what did they do when they came up against the wall? They increased membership by $1. Nobody gave a fuck, and they had $780 billion, you know, whatever, yeah. and, and profits instantly doubled. <laughs> right. And they went up another $2, and now, mm-hmm. like, they're rolling in it. Like So Netflix has lost uh, two huge shows with friends and the office several but they are getting of course all the marvel and get, shows and they get all the so disney's fault they canceled all the marvel stuff yeah and netflix created those shows man netflix yeah. gambled and rolled it they funded daredevil they funded yeah. luke cage they funded jessica joe we'll have to see what happens with all those right. shows yes however uh netflix just acquired uh seinfeld yeah yeah, yeah. For, I, i'm not I, i'm i'm netflix how, or die how much man. for a ridiculous amount of money i think like it was like 500 million how, yeah. that's half a billion yeah, yeah. that's crazy 
Yeah. <laughs> he carries five hundred million to acquire. I think it was that? Yeah. Yeah, to acquire Seinfeld. I, I so. love how like Jerry Seinfeld is one of like the most passively wealthy dudes on the planet. Yeah. And like, like, like outside, like he loves cars, right? You see right. his new show, but outside of cars, he doesn't really flaunt it. He doesn't no. whatever. He hangs out, but like. Yeah, the passive income streams he has, it just flows in, right? And he just, you know, eh, uh. who would think that you know they'll pay that much money for Seinfeld now? When yeah, it, when people, everybody in the world has seen it so many times. Yeah, you know, so it's been friends, on, re- been on reruns is, for like twenty years. Again, it's a generational thing. Yeah, it's a generational not, thing. Because right. a lot of people were exposed all, to Friends. All these high know? schoolers just started yes. watching Friends, right? Yeah. And they're going to be saying the Seinfeld. And they and they I'm know sorry, what Seinfeld's, Seinfeld's a better show than Friends. And I'm shocked that these um, millennials and stuff, they um, are into the office because you know, that's like... Because they've never worked. You're right. No, <laughs> not, not, not only that. Because they've never held a job. No, because the office is offensive and, and they're offended by everything. Right. So you figure that yeah, they a lot of them are. And yeah. the yeah. corner crying watching yeah. the office. Yeah. I mean, and, and the premise of the office, right, is that like it's this job you hate, but you deal with it because you need a paycheck. Right. Something yeah. they've never considered doing. <laughs> right. Like if they're discontented for two hours, they quit in their home. Right. Well, well, Mom, I can't do that job. I was unhappy. I was unffulfilled. That's what you're saying. I'm not going to involved with all the <laughs> that bad but uh, I'm saying like I was watching um, I'll burn this motherfucker down <laughs> I was watching some of the old office episodes um, recently and I'm like you can't you couldn't say this kind of stuff on network TV anymore yeah you know uh, like you give know. an example of refreshment like uh, he was just like um just little jokes just a different racial stuff jokes. when yeah. he had like the diversity day Michael Scott did and he's yeah. just like um, which is why it's hilarious yeah the saying so like offensive. inappropriate stuff about different races we talking like 10 years ago like nothing right. like too we this is not an archaic show we guys. weren't hyper defensive 10 years ago yeah. this whole yeah. thing yeah. is people new man. it's fairly really, new right it's yeah. fairly new yeah. Yeah. people weren't really pussies in the last decade Yeah, it's a new thing No, now like we're all torches and pitchforks and somebody says one thing you don't like and we burn them in effigy and I have to mention you have this the Roast of oh, Alec no. Baldwin. That's... Now Adam Carolla. Now the roast was hysterical. I, I haven't heard this. Bring me it was speech. almost a roast for Caitlyn Jenner and Alec Baldwin both because yeah. all of them ripped into both of them. Wait, was she there? Um, they ripped her a new hole. No, okay. Oh, <laughs> no, stop. Said it. oh but, yes, no. she was. Yeah, that she, is, oh she was on the God, she was Al. on the dais. Yes, but what was interesting, jokes mm. aside, was Adam Carolla's rant after his monologue after his roast. He went into a rant about. About the social justice warriors mm-hmm. getting all up in arms for everything that has been God said on, that, right. on tonight's show. Yeah. And he implored for people not to get offended. And this yeah. is our safe space. Right. Comedians, uh, yeah. this is our safe space, is um, you know doing a roast. Yeah. Doing a comedy show. Yeah. Doing stand-up. People signed up for that. Caitlin went yes. there to be made fun of. Right. So to then get butt her over something that somebody yes. said about her. She's laughing at the jokes that they're making. entirely counterintuitive. Right. right. That's yeah. the thing. She was a good sport. Caitlyn Jenner was a great sport. When all those jokes yeah. were thrown to her, you know, like, oh, looks like nobody likes white dick in the Kardashian yeah. family, you know, because yeah. she, she had yeah. Caitlyn Jenner yeah. throw away her dick. Because they don't. <laughs> and they none, so and don't. none of the girls like white <laughs> dick either. <laughs> <laughs> So right. Ask Lamar Odom, <laughs> which is yeah, one, like, probably one of the I, funniest and truthful, yeah, truthful yeah, jokes. Yeah, you, you have me on on uh, one of the archives that we we talked about this in an earlier show, and like I took a hard stance. Somebody in the room disagreed with me, but like mm-hmm. comedy has to be sacrosanct. It has to, it, no matter what you personally feel, everything has to be fair game mm-hmm. because of the intent. Right. Their intent is to make you laugh. Right. Now, whether they do or not, that's a whole other thing. Maybe somebody's mm-hmm. funny, maybe it's not. Maybe you think it's safe, right. not. But like everybody has their one thing. Fat people don't like fat jokes. Somebody that uh, <laughs> has like uh, covered like serious uh, racial issues, maybe they don't like you know race mm-hmm. jokes. Uh, maybe somebody that is like uh, very you know staunchly uh, a particular religion, they don't like that. Everybody has something they don't like being made fun of. Right. But why is the entire rubric for what's okay 
Like, everything that doesn't upset you is fine, but that one thing that upsets you, fuck that. They should get fired. Like, that's yeah. so self-centered. Well, that's so, the thing about this roast was cool. It's like yeah. they had Ken, Dr. Ken Jung, who took the Asian jokes with, yeah. like, you know, that's the as a good sport. The you know, they had um, the because guy from the, Will and Grace hosting yeah. who took all the, the, the gay all the jokes. jokes. But that's what you're know? saying. Because the intent isn't damage. Mm-hmm. No no comedian is trying to hurt someone's sensibility. Yes, they're just trying to they're entertain. They're trying to entertain. Yes. So then to go out and get mad at them for that, to walk into a yes. comedy club yes. and get butt hurt at minute yeah. 45 because yeah. of the one joke that rubs you the wrong way, mm-hmm. that, that that is... We're going to get into that a little later. Well, it's got to be something miserable to, to be um, a comedian nowadays. I mean, I'm sure you have in your notes about Saturday Night Live. I was actually going to get to that. Should yeah. we jump ahead? Yeah, jump ahead. Yeah, yeah, jump ahead. yeah okay. And, and let me we'll jump it. ahead to that because, um, granted, Wait, I did ahead, read I did read some of it, and some of it was funny. However, some of it was a little bit on the offensive side. I'm not going to lie. Nah. So, so here's my well, question, see, though. Uh, you know the, so the thing that was offensive, was he trying to be funny or was he trying to be offensive? Okay. Because if his comments were attempting to belittle someone, then you have an argument. Mm. But if in the middle of a joke he said some stuff even terribly off color – then I'm still going to put it under the shield of comedy, right? Like right. maybe it wasn't funny, but he was trying to be funny, so I'm going to let it slide. I mean, there's so many. Well, I mean, all right. So we'll, we'll, comedians come out and they say inappropriate stuff to shock you, and, and you being yeah. shocked. So you chuckle. And, and you're like, I can't believe you said like, that. Oh, my God. And you right, laugh. Yeah. Right. So it's not like, like, like it wasn't like, I'll just go out and, and kill these um, Asian people or Chinese people yeah. or whatever. No. Mm-hmm. Look, look, the, the age-old right. example from me. Here you go. Is, here you go. All right, so this is uh, this is um, an actor comedian named yeah. Shane Gillis, who apparently got his you know was going to get a huge break because he had he was really on much, SNL. He was hired, he was hired SNL. SNL, but ha- actually had no prior acting experience on film and television. He just oh, was no a comedian. Yeah. He's just one of those lucky comedians that gets a break, yeah. you know, because some of well, the well, not but he earned it, right? Lauren Michaels he said he was really a, talented. Oh, he was really people talented. they hired okay. don't have yeah. um, previous TV yeah. experience. Yeah, Lauren he, Michaels he, he was actively looking to cast the comedian for its new season, who would appeal to more conservative viewers. Okay, so that that's an interesting take on that. So. Um, it, they wanted to broaden the audience because I guess because a lot of the conservative viewers thought it, it was going a little liberal. too liberal. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, you know, with Alec Baldwin portraying Donald Trump and, you know, you know, not a favorable fashion, but a very hilarious fashion, well, let's yeah, just say. Cumi in general tends to skew liberal. Right. So, yeah. So, um, but, um, you know, he, so he didn't get in trouble for his stand-up. His offensive language and racist comments were on his podcast. Okay. On um, somebody's podcast. Okay, was not his podcast. His okay. guest, I believe. Okay, it said it was but, his podcast. What I'm saying here. Okay. So in there, um, does, it, does it say? But like, was it a joke or was he like, yeah, listen, I just uh, don't like Jews. Well, that's let's different. see. So I have some of the the excerpts. Hit me. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. His with the info. So he's with his co-host Matt McCluskey. So I think it is. His okay, podcast, maybe it is. Okay. We're discussing New York's Chinatown. Gillis says, um, "Let the effing chinks live here." Full of effing Chinese. SIC, which is statement in uh-huh. correction or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In there. Okay. Um, he also makes fun of how the Asians do not are not able to pronounce L's. They so say, say R's. Sounds right. like a joke. Yeah, yeah. And they said the same joke on the roast, and Ken Jung was laughing hysterically. I don't find a problem with this. It's Instead of Clash story. of Clans, they said Crash of Crans in right. a mock Chinese accent. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Um... He talked about um, the Battle of Gettysburg. He refers, refers to soldiers uh, yelling as so gay. Um, he used the word <laughs> retard and the F word for gay yeah, people, right. which mm-hmm. I won't repeat. And shortly afterward, he and Mr. McCuster joke about hot southern boys being raped 
during the Civil War, comparing it to yeah. having gay sex in jail. Okay, it was a joke. Okay. Okay. Sounds like yeah, a bunch yeah, of jokes. Depends, yeah. Okay. And he t- talked about some women who disguised themselves as men and wore as flat-chested effing bitches. Okay. Okay. Um, and, um, well, he had... The th- okay, so he had mixed reactions from the, the comic world. Right. So Jimmy O. Yang, who is a great Asian comedian who I actually met personally... Uh-huh. And also, Camus Bell have publicly condemned him, while David Spade... Condemned? He could, they, did he really condemn him? While David Spade, Bill Burr, and Je- Jim yeah. Jeffries defended I love, him. I love right. Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries. Yeah, okay, so they, bur- they defended him during a panel on Spade's Comedy Central late night series on Monday night. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go well, watch I can't that believe, I can't believe you're going to be a comic so, and you're going to condemn him because he makes fun of... Um, mm-hmm. Of um, your race or whatever. The answer Um, is anything. Like, it all has to be okay. Well, that's the thing. I mean, okay, so the pronunciation of the L's and R's is one thing. It's the um, end of the Christmas story. Ba, ra, 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 ra. It's in a classic Hollywood film that we laugh at. And it's funny. We think it's funny, right. However, he did say the offensive... I was going to ask about that. Word. Right. The, so the, the word context, chink right? is supposedly so, offensive. So okay. if and he said obviously the f word really upsets a lot of people. Yeah. But here's here's my thing. So I'm, those are slurs. I'm curious if that's in there though. But if he says it in the context of a joke, it's okay. If he makes some sort of comment like I do not like f's, not yeah, yeah. okay. So do, do we know like the, how he used those words? You, your notes well, said he well, said yeah, them. Well, I mean he's. It's how I he guess, said it. It's how he yeah, said it. Yeah, it's how he said it. Uh, basically. Discussing New York's Chinatown, and, yeah. and basically said, just let the effing chinks live there. Is what right. I said. Um, um, so I mean, see, I, slurs I are offensive. They, they, slurs are offensive. I yes, get it. But like, so the, the, that 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 part, I, I don't necessarily agree with. I think that was a little overboard. But the pronunciation, I mean, that's kind of funny, you know. I mean, Russians don't say a and the; they don't say. Yeah. But this is my. Earlier I got car tomorrow. Yes, right. Exactly. I get, you know, this, this is this is my funny, earlier point. You know? it's to you, like, it's funny. Maybe to right. me, it's not. Maybe to somebody else. But but the point can't be who finds it funny. It has to be I what get was the intent tomorrow, of the speaker. You know? Was his intent mm-hmm. to damage? Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't there. I didn't hear it. Right. All that to me sounds like he was trying to be amusing. And whether he was successful or not, if a guy isn't trying to spread hate. To then judge them and and uh, yeah, it depends and, on and his punish them yeah. Yeah. for that type of thing. Yeah. It's like going after somebody uh, for committing a hate crime who didn't really do it, right? Like you take it out of context and yeah, I don't. Know. I, I and like listen, there's not a lot of people who agree with me. Most people do think mm-hmm. that there's something that's over the line. I yeah. just, I really don't. So this not is where the me. irony is. They hired three new cast members. Mm-hmm. One of the three cast members, well, we talked about Gills, who's obviously now fired, yeah. was an Asian comedian named Bowen Yang, who was actually a writer on SNL, and they promoted him to an actor on screen. Mm-hmm. Right. So, wow. Okay, I guess they're thinking they have two reasons not to bring him on. One, because no. now they'll have their first full-time Asian comedian on the cast, and two, because of all the backlash and all mm-hmm. the outcry. Of it probably wasn't that much backlash or outcry. I mean, mm. they make it seem like a lot more than what it was. Nobody cared. Like this, I'm, I'm sure Twitter was very upset. You know, if, if this would have been like a black comedian making fun of white people, would people have said anything at all? Well, no. No, no he probably would have got promoted on Saturday Night Live to like, you know, to lead. You know, like um, look, look at this way. Look at this way. Who's who's starring on Saturday Night Live later on this season? Who's going to host it? Who's hosting it this season? Uh, no idea. No. You know, a big big actor. Um, like making his return yeah. to Saturday Night Live. They always oh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Eddie Murphy, who, who I love. I love too. But what kind of messed up stuff did Eddie Murphy say? 
you know, back in the day, delirious, raw, yeah. you know, made fun of gay people, made fun of really everybody. Really offensive shit. Really yeah. offensive. Way more than whatever he said there. Way more. And, and, he's, and he's getting a hosting job this season. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of hypocritical for you to fire somebody, you know, but Eddie Murphy's a big star, but he said way more inappropriate stuff than this mm-hmm. guy ever said. And yeah. Eddie Murphy's actually ironically going on tour as well. Yeah. Right. Which, which, which yeah. I'm, I'm saying don't com- condemn Eddie Murphy, but I'm saying like, yeah. but, but it's funny how they turn a blind eye to all the stuff that he said back in the past. Well, well right. we weren't hyper. Yeah. We were talking about it earlier. We, now we're in a period of hypersensitivity. Yeah. And but he right. still said it. Back then. But, no, but he still yeah. said I'm, it. I'm not still disagreeing like, with you. I mean, how long ago did this podcast happen with this guy? How many years ago? I, I I don't I don't believe I have that. Um, as far as when, um, you know, you know, like, if this guy, a, wait, if this guy went on the Saturday Night Live and went rogue and started saying this stuff and it wasn't scripted or whatever, then right. yeah, sure, fire him. But this guy said something in a, in a comedy type of way, like years ago. I think it was years ago on a podcast, which you know, obviously it was humor. I mean, he wasn't going on the talk show saying like, you know what, we need to. Um, not let any of these Chinese in this country. We need to kill them or whatever. Like that. Okay, that. No, he said let talk. them in, right? He said let the chinks in. The well, problem no, chinks, no, but yeah. like his point was let them in. No, but I'm saying, but he didn't go and <laughs> yeah. you know talk let show. Let them saying live here, right? Inappropriate right. stuff. Yeah. So he's being progressive in concept. Yeah. And he says <laughs> later, he later recalls a restaurant being full of effing Chinese. Yeah. So that's so not. And, and I'm with yeah. you on the timeline. I really don't like this notion of going back. 10 years, 20 years, yeah. and finding some mistakes somebody made. I'm not sure made. when this podcast was, quite frankly. Yeah. I don't but but I... we've done it with a lot of people, a lot of public figures the last couple of years. It's people who are now like 45, 50-something, and somebody finds something they did at like 23, yeah. and they lose their entire yeah. livelihood. They lose their entire career because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and if the... that's the case, I'm screwed because I posted some <laughs> fucked up shit online. <laughs> but I mean, this is a, just a miserable time yeah. to be a comedian. I'm going to get hashtag It is a second. bad time to be a comedian. That's, I mean, this... And that's what Adam Carolla said yeah. on the roast, which yeah. have you finally had a chance to see it? I, I don't know. Okay, don't you guys have, have to see it. I'm going to go Comedy watch Central. it. I'm going to go watch it. Go watch it. it. It's fantastic. So two speaking th- of... Um, real quick, two things I'll toss out of that. Sure. Two comedians mentioned this. So recently, Dave Chappelle did his stand-up special. Yeah, we talked about and it last week. Yeah. The whole point is he's like, I'm about to say some offensive shit because this needs to stop. Right. The guy who's just came out, have you seen Bill Burr's Paper Tiger? I haven't seen it. Go, all right. So I love Bill Burr just in general, but he basically did what Chappelle did better. The the difference is that yeah. Chappelle announced it, right? Chappelle's like, I'm going to say some shit. You're all going to try and cancel right. me. Bill Burr didn't announce it, but he goes through race jokes, transgender jokes, mm-hmm. me too. He, he basically, right. anything that would possibly upset somebody, my man just crammed into 90 minutes of comedy. That was hilarious. Yeah. He was poignant. And he even says like 40 minutes in, he's like, you see how uncomfortable the room is for my last yeah. fucking stand-up special ever? I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'm not afraid. Yeah. And we I talked love about, him for that. We talked about it last week, how... The critic score for the Dave Chappelle latest stand-up yeah. show was like 17%. Really bad. And the audience score was 99% because yeah. a lot of the – there were only 15 um, critics that yeah. uh, that reviewed Dave Chappelle's stand-up, and a lot of them were – And they're all scared for their very, career. They're very liberal, very liberal yeah. Uh, outlets. Yeah, so, like probably miserable Post. reviews, I'm sure. Yeah. So this is another like, controversial – I saw an article saying, like, don't listen – don't – Watch the Chappelle special. Like it was the article. That's the headline Dude. of the article. I'm like, get out of here. How can the truth be offensive? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Um, but I, I certainly agree with that, man. Um, yeah, I mean, everything he said was, was poignant, just poignant, poignant, factual, relevant, with a comedic slant. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. You, you are on fire tonight, had Aloysius. To Thank you. I had to do it. So this is, so this is a very interesting thing going back to movies. You just got hashtag. I don't get it. Over. I don't get it. Marvel Phase 4. So the latest rumor <laughs> to hit the net. Now, Chachi, you sent me this. Is the newest casting 
of Magneto and Professor X oh. within the MCU. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So they're X-Men. this is the, this is a rumor that they're going to race bend. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh. Magneto and Professor Xavier, um, they're talking about having uh. Denzel Washington <laughs> portray Eric Lyncher. Now, don't forget, he is someone that survived the Holocaust. Right. Yes, right. Now, there's a very, As a Jew. There's a very um, you know, um, detailed story, a detailed past of this character. And Giancarlo Esposito being eyed for Magneto. Um um, Masande, I don't, oh, I don't I'm know sorry. Did is. I? Did I? Well, Magneto is the one that survived the Holocaust. Okay, right. Magneto. So who? Did, wait, Professor. Oh, so who's going to be Professor Xavier? Okay. Is that Denzel? Okay. So so apparently at first he was up for the Magneto role. Okay. Right. And now it's saying Denzel is up for the role of Eric Lencher. That that is who Magneto. is Magneto. Yes. Yeah, same guy. Okay. Um. So they're so Giancarlo is also on the wish list, but now. He is being rumored to be Dracula in the Blade reboot, so he can't do right. both characters in that right, right, right. Um, So he can't if, cross the beams. If they do a, something different for um, Magneto, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna completely change Professor Xavier's backstory. Maybe they'll, no, they'll, they'll be kind of close to. But Magneto would, you know, how do you feel about uh, the change of Magneto? We've had this talk on this show before. Yeah, I do not like changing race and gender just to do it, right? right? I don't like stereotypes or cookie cutter characters to do it. I don't like when a film has a gay guy who's going to have a gay scene just to get some gayness in there. We want complex characters, and it doesn't help the cause either. You want you want a funny mm-hmm. character who's interesting, who's dynamic, and if they happen to be homosexual and it happens to come through, that's fine, right? So if, if, if somebody uh, is a character or plays a character in some part of them, whether it's uh, racial, religious, whatever, if, mm-hmm. if, if that is the backdrop to the acting and the character development, super. But just to, do, just to force diversity into a story just to do it, I, I think it falls flat. I think the audience always thinks so. Um, you saw in, in the Thor comic book, they turned Thor into a, a girl, and the comic Jane drop... Foster becomes a... The, the comic dropped 65% Thor, right. and said it killed the book. Wow. Yeah, like people And they're like doing the storyline in the upcoming Thor yep. Love and Thunder and, movie. And I, I, course, put it on, I put it on your website. It's going to die. Yeah. Here's the thing. You want to introduce diversity? Create a new character. Right, but yeah. like you, you don't. They're afraid to. Yeah, but you you don't need to you don't need to arch a character just to do it. I, I what do you, what do you think? It, it's horrible. It it, it, it you, know, like you talk about Blade. Of course, they they find another African American actor to play Blade, of which course. I'm happy for. But they would they would they would never have turned him white or whatever. Yeah, why not? I don't think Indonesian paraplegic. No. You know, yeah, people are always like, well, race doesn't matter, or whatever. But you know, and other people were like, well, you know, his character, his character really, um, the color of his skin is not really part of the character. But you know, in this one, it definitely is. Like, I mean, he was he was a Jew during the Holocaust. You know, right. and like, so why change it all yeah. up? Especially for. A, you know, and like for a smaller character, like I really don't care. You know, a more unknown character, like when they change. And what about um, Nick Fury? Nick Fury, like, I didn't so care about that. He wasn't a big character, you know. Okay. But then, you know, but Professor Nick Fury X actually had a run in the comic books as African American. So, right. so did they it? did a different version. I think this is even before, even before. Um, yeah. They put and the, and Sam the, Jackson in that role. Yeah, and, and you'll do that with characters, right? Yeah. They'll do a costume change. They'll they'll rework a yeah. character so if they choose from that. Like now, one but, thing I'm okay with is in Zendaya. As MJ, and the reason why is that she's not Mary Jane; she's Michelle. 
Right, which she I'm, just has the same initials. Right, I'm uh, fine with. I you're mean, okay with that, okay? Not with the character or, or the actress, but I'm fine with them doing something like that. Okay, so you're okay with yeah. that. Now, what I think about she's annoying as shit? What about? <laughs> she is. If you see Euphoria, you would, she's a great actress. Like, like if that if that Watch movie Euphoria, by the way, she's if that great movie, now. which I, I know, I, I'm almost positive they're going to get that back to um, Disney. I'm sure of it, Spider-Man. Yeah, but we if it doesn't, that last week, yeah. If it doesn't, that'd be one saving grace is that you know she's out of a job for that franchise. <laughs> Well, she'll right. still be in the franchise in in the in the Spider-Man movie for Sony. You think? They're, oh yeah, they're still gonna use her, really? Of course they'll use it because they they still want consistency. They still want Tom Holland. Oh, they they're do. Still, okay. Yeah, the, it's just any Spider-Man character will belong to Sony. They'll have to rent them, just yeah. like the dead. Anyone, okay. anybody the outside yeah. of the Spider-Man universe is MCU. It won't show up. Okay, so you won't yeah. have like. You can't have you can't have John Favreau back as Happy Hogan. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and, and think like in some characters it's built into a thing like Aurora Monroe, Storm. Right. Mm-hmm. Storm is worshipped in Africa right. as a goddess, not right. only because of which her, I hope she f- shows up in right, uh, Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, not 3. only because of her powers, right? She could be bringer of rain and right. crops and everything. Right. But obviously she she's a South African character. Right. So so what if we rebrand her as a, as a Scottish. You know, or whatever. As, as you're gonna <laughs> tell me like, like, like a 16 year old Scotsman, like all yeah. Pharisee, like Conan O'Brien gets cast as Storm because we're gonna yeah. say none of this matters. Okay. And then what we're gonna do this flashback to when he's worshipped as a god in Africa by all the Africans, and you know, he's like, it, it's, it, it's not for all characters certainly, but but for some characters, okay. again, if if you are in the 1940s and you're a, a Jewish individual who survived the Holocaust to then be cast as Denzel Washington, maybe that gets dicey. I don't know. Right. Here's another controversial one because we were off the air when this was announced. The character of Ariel, yeah. the Little Mermaid, yeah, yeah. Uh, is now going to be portrayed by a very talented um, yeah. singer who happens to be African-American, singer yeah. and actress, which you do need a singer and actress yeah. to do this role. Um, and, of course, the the classic Ariel has had red hair. She's yeah. had blue eyes. You yeah. know? Um, I, so I, I have to think about this a lot because – Give me what you got. Tell e- me your feelings. Even though she is iconic – Mm-hmm. In that role with the red hair and the blue eyes, and it is very iconic. Mm-hmm. She is mythological. She right. is mythological. Mermaids aren't fucking real. The, the, she's not fucking real. <laughs> so if they give this girl red hair right. and give her, um, I, know, I don't know. I mean, the yeah. red hair is iconic. You gotta, you gotta give her the red hair. They can do that. Um, I, at first I was like, hmm, this is very drastically different. But then I was thinking, okay, she's mythological, and there was no tie-in to a certain. You know, like yeah. origin story of surviving the Holocaust. There was right. nothing with Ariel. Right. We don't so have a character from South Africa. It wasn't Africa. as bad at first. We don't have a Jew in the yeah. ghetto in 1940s. Well, what whatever, whatever um, country that takes place in for the story, that, that I think is it's a, Holland. Holland. Right. So it's definitely a you know a white country. Pro- pro- probably white people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> white people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm notice notice how um, on Aladdin they made sure to cast all um, Indian actors. Yeah. Which I'm happy they did. But if they if they would have possibly had a white a white it. actor yeah. playing, I mean, it would have been riots. They would have, I mean, Disney would have apologized and oh my god, we're so <laughs> sorry. We'll we'll give you all thousands of dollars. Right. They did it right this yeah. time. Yeah, but I mean, it, for me, I'm just like keep the characters, the characters. You know, don't don't have like the um, the frog princess. Don't have that be played by a white girl. No matter how good she can act or sing or whatever. Keep it the character, you know. Keep it, you know. And yet, yet the cartoons did a blueprint, and people know this. People, people can draw a picture of Ariel because they know her so much from all these um, decades of how she looks. So make it. I mean, why give her red hair then? You know, why not give her blonde hair or black hair then? Right. Why does she you have know? to have red hair? Right. Exactly. If skin doesn't matter, hair right. cone hair, doesn't matter. Hair doesn't none matter. Of that right. Matter. Right. 
You know, that's lot interesting. Of, that's very interesting. Why not make her? Yeah. Why not make her a merman? I got, I got two quick things on this. Yeah. One, I don't care. Like, uh, absolutely tell the story right. with, with an African American actress. Do it fine. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I would say ideally, why not just do a new story? Right, like, 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 let's let's have an African American mermaid story, but like, why not? I just, uh, it's the same thing I said to the last one. Like, I have a problem with like combing over or forcing old characters, uh, and it seems like just to do it. Or it's not a shoehorn. It's what, right. what it yeah. is. It's a shoehorn. They're like, well, we want to have this character be black, and, and that was their thinking. I'm sure. Like, we're right. gonna get we're gonna get a lot of buzz for this. We're going to look, get like look at the last yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Every single character was female by a minority of some sort. Yeah. It was forced. And again, like it, yeah. it, if some of that had been naturally organically in there, awesome. I'm all for it. But like when it's so blatantly out there, right? <laughs> yeah. like every character has to but be. They, I, but yeah. they, but yeah. they even said like for last Jedi, definitely yeah. for the character yeah. the, for the character of Rose. They even said like, okay, well, it's gonna help us get into like the Asian markets. Right. Like instead of having be like, okay, we're gonna make a good character yeah. and get into the Asian markets. No, it's like we're gonna have an Asian and the Asians are gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and, and it, feels, <laughs> it feels contrived. And she's kind of a lame character. Problem. She's a horrible character. But yeah. a very nice, awesome, very nice. Yeah, person. I'm, I'm sure she's person. a nice person. She's I'm a sure sweetheart. It's not her very fault. Nice. She took the. And I feel bad for her getting bullied because of that was Ryan Johnson's fault for writing a shitty character. It was. Yeah, it was. And, so. that, and all the characters there are pretty shitty. I mean, if you compare. Yeah. The characters of the original Star Wars um, trilogy to this, the characters now. Look at like Han Solo, like uh, badass character. Luke Skywalker, badass character. You know, right? Uh. Princess Leia, badass character. Yeah. Like everyone's a badass character, Bitch, and now right? you have Bitch. like you have Finn and Poe. Like you could give two shits about them. You know, like <laughs> you know, like yeah. the only. Uh, I mean, even even if you compare um, Darth Vader, you know, to um, Kylo Ren, you know, it doesn't right. compare. Like like Darth Vader's a badass. Kylo Ren's. Up to, to this point, it's been kind of like, like emo whiny. whiny. Yeah. <laughs> emo whiny. Yeah, so they, exactly I mean, they're not making the characters cool anymore. Yeah. Yeah. People want to see badass characters. Even Luke Skywalker, who was the, the biggest badass, was a little pussy in this one. Yeah. You know, like, what's yeah. going on? It, you know, it's because they're all static characters. They're not yeah. dynamic, yeah. right? Vader has good and bad. Luke has failings and temptations. Mm-hmm. In the new ones, they're all like, here's our Asian character. Here's yeah. our lesbian character. Here's our minority characters. Here's our comic relief. Here's, yeah. And everybody is just stuck in that And every general hole. was a woman. Right. Like, every right. every commander was a woman like right. in there is yeah. like yeah you know it's like no they were just trying to take yeah. the boxes yeah where, where, where nobody cared like, well you know what they, they are showing an evolution in in um in the timeline so maybe they're trying to show how things change. The Except galaxy. there's one constant. That's one thing. If you're about. white, male, and British, you're a bad guy. That is <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. all yeah. the Star Wars. Yeah, the Empire. White was British almost, men. Was almost, <laughs> is the, or fucking the, Empire. Is Hux. General yeah, Hux is yeah. awesome, by In the way. every single bit. All Tom 22 Hulk, movies. Great, yeah. White British men are the fucking <laughs> enemy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's talk about some DCEU news. <laughs> James Gunn had revealed the full cast for Suicide Squad. And they're calling reboot, but I really think it's a sequel because you have the original, amazing, beautiful, stunning Margot yeah. Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. Reboot, the role. same character in it. Thank you. Yeah. As Harley Quinn. So I, I don't know it's if they're using sequel, the, asshole. if they're describing it, especially this news source, <laughs> as uh, a reboot. Is Will Smith in this one? I mean, um, aren't the Fast and Furious no, movies? Aren't they all sequels? I mean, they have different yeah, characters yeah. in each one. Will Smith is not in this one, unfortunately. We also have Joel Kinnaman, who's returning as government agent Rick Flag. Uh, we also have um, <laughs> Captain Boomerang, uh, Jai Courtney returning, and Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. So there are four yeah. original cast members returning. Do we know the plot? And, um, well, um, well, I'm going to renounce uh, some of the other actors. So we have Idris Elba. Uh, playing an unnamed new character. Stud. He's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. He's playing play. Harley Quinn. Yeah. By the way, there's some, a pumpkin munchkins in there. Oh. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy veteran Michael Rooker. Yeah. Um, who's playing King Shark, Nathan Fillion King of Firefly, Shark. 
look at John Cena. John Cena is is like on his way to becoming the next Rock. Yeah, really. He's gonna be guy. in Suicide Squad. He was in wow. Bumblebee. Great comedic so, timing. Good for John Cena, man. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't say the next Rock. Well, he's he's gonna he's doing a list movies. He's, he's doing know? well, but I mean, he's doing well. He's doing well. I mean, he plays John Cena in every movie. <laughs> That's true. We'll see what happens. Peter Capaldi, Doctor Hugh. I, mean, I guess the Rock does. The Rock plays the Rock too. The Rock movie, does kind yeah. of play the Rock in all his roles. You're <laughs> John, right. But John, Rock's great in every movie, though. So John well. Cena did that bit as like the juicer in the uh, Tour de France movie, right? He's like the the comedy. Mm. He did, blo- he did blockers, yeah. which was hysterical. Okay, that's some good moments of bad moments, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was funny in it. He was yeah, funny, he was funny in, in it. it. He was the funny. rest of the movie was shit, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Doctor Who himself, Peter Capaldi's in it. Um, Taika Waititi. Dude, Pete Davidson. My God. Yeah. This guy is the luckiest guy on earth. He dates the hottest women. He definitely sold his soul because this, this yes. guy should not be getting these hot women. Hot women and, and getting now A-list roles in a freaking uh. Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. He's now dating the hottie from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Margaret Qualley. Yeah, after he didn't marry Ariana Gold. Yeah, <laughs> and then he had, had uh, Kate Beckinsale for a, few, yeah. for, for a little while. So, anyways, It is curious, isn't it? Yeah, he, curious. I mean, he, yeah. It's interesting. Um, oh, this is a cool character. The Polka Dot Man <laughs> uh, will be in Suicide Squad, played by David Dashmalchian. And newcomer Daniela Melchner will be playing Ratcatcher. So... It sounds like way too many characters. There's a lot first of, all, of characters, like, yeah. How many were in the first one? Like, it's a handful, right? Like so five? not much in the plot there, Martin. You were asking yeah. about the plot. I think they're yeah. keeping the storyline um, close to their vest right now. Okay, just just have um, all those other characters die in the first five minutes and then just watch Margaret Robbie walk around for two hours. I'm fine. Oof, comfortable God, with it. My God, oh, my God. Dude. So Peter Gunn. Uh, um, Peter Gunn? The fashion guy? I'm sorry. Am I saying the guy's name wrong? James Gunn. Sorry. Okay. James. <laughs> so James you know? Gunn did say it is a total reboot and not a sequel. It's everything you would hope for from a James Gunn script. Now, this is what producer Peter. That sounds dumb for me. To Peter Safran said in the film. So, yeah, I love consistency in my movies. You're bringing um, Margot Robbie back as Harley Quinn. It's got to be a fucking sequel. Why? Is Jared Leto the reboot? Joker again? No, he's Jared not Leto's not not, good. not gonna be in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was lousy as a Joker. Yeah, we, we were all done. With at least that. they didn't really have yeah. any, um, you know, character development for him. You know who wants to be in this? Tommy Wiseau. He wants. He's lobbying. <laughs> he fine. wants to be in everything. He wants to. Lo- he's lobbying to be in Suicide Squad so he much. He wants to be. That he actually added himself to the cast. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Put him in everything. I'm fine <laughs> did, with you, did, you, did you see his Joker audition? No. Oh, no, so yeah, so he does it. So I gotta he, see that, he man. basically tries to be Heath Ledger. So there's this tape. Uh, I can't tell you where to see it. It's fucking hilarious. But he, like he does the makeup, he does whatever, and then he basically just does Heath Ledger's most famous lines from The Dark Knight oh Rising, my God. and then he cause, and he asks to be the next Joker. Like, uh, but he's fucking serious, man. He's not joking. Like that's. Oh, that yeah, he wanted to be the host of Jeopardy too when Alistair uh, Beck first announced that he was. So um, he actually did Photoshop work on the image of the cast, like uh, the titles, like the the. Yeah, and actually added Tommy Wiseau on that <laughs> graphic, which is hysterical. Yeah, but I heard in the comics like the Suicide Squad constantly <laughs> changed, um, you know, their, um, you know, the, the, the members, you know, constantly. So yes, like, so and I don't see why this can't be a sequel. Thank you. They thank members. you. Yeah. Yeah, they died. Either they died, they're uh, doing these missions because they're trying to make up for their bad crimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or they got captured, right? Or they got captured. Yeah, and then yeah. you're gonna have these new, uh, this this new group of criminals trying to redeem themselves. So yes, should be a sequel. Um, so other movies coming out include a Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. 
That's um this month, right? It's coming up soon, man. Limited theatrical release before it hits on Netflix. Oh, it's coming to the theaters too. Theater okay. for limited, limited. Uh, you so want to know why? They want they want the awards. They want they want, the award they want eligible. To be contention for Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the. Um, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, I think a movie has to have a, at least a limited yeah, theatrical one release. Showing. It has to have one showing in the theaters uh, before it that's the uh, rule. is in contention for Oscars. So, okay, like this. Th- the creator of this uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and all this stuff. I mean, he's a genius and right. some of the best writing that you'll see so in good. any series out there. So, like, so I'm good. looking forward to this movie. I mean, so where, where's the timeline in this film? Do you know? Right after Breaking Bad. Okay, so so it's safe to say uh, if if Brian Cranston and it will be in flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. We don't know he died. We know, we, know he got, we know he got shot and he was bleeding. We don't know Walter White died. Yeah, he definitely died because Breaking Bad. <laughs> like this creator doesn't died. do this, doesn't do dumb shit like that. Right. But um, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm thinking like in you know maybe like you know the upcoming season or season after you'll see um you'll see Walter White back and Better Call Saul because I think yeah. it's gonna overlap the timeline. Great show too, yeah. right? Fantastic, amazing, show. amazing yeah. show. Those guys are so good. The writing's so good. And every actor they choose is amazing. Breaking. I have not. I have yet to indulge so myself in it, it, oh, it, it moves, you've got yeah. to. It, it, it moves it'll slower. make you a better actor. Yeah, it, it'll make you a better actor. It moves slower than wow. Breaking Bad, but it's, um, it's Breaking Bad just you, as good. And the character development's probably even better than Breaking Bad. And that's the thing. Breaking yeah. Bad's one of the few shows that I felt got better almost every season. It yeah. scales up. Almost wow. every show has like a great first season and then right. maybe another one in there, but then like they trail off and just like Walking Dead were kind of like yeah. Breaking Bad. Like Poison Break was great when it started off and then went to shit. Right. You know, like Heroes was great when it started off and went to shit. Speaks truth. Like so many shows did that. Uh, let's see. So um, Sylvester Stallone will be in Rambo: Last Blood. It comes right. out in theaters um, this f- weekend. Um, Thirty-seven years after the debut of Rambo: First Blood. Interesting. It's called Last Blood. Right. Yeah. Um, Sly. So uh, think we're gonna have a Last Blood Part Two. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna like have First Blood, Blood Part, part three. Two. Yeah. yeah. So you got Sly is seventy-three years old. I'm yep. just curious. Uh, He's still getting it yeah, done, still, man. Still getting it oh, done. He can do it. He can, I mean, oh my god. And then of course He's... you have Harrison Ford still getting it done as in Indiana Jones. And Schwarzenegger still in Terminator. And, and Schwarzenegger is actually he actually is on set doing some kung fu film uh, in. Uh, where is he? I think I have in there. Um, He's doing some uh, type of. Uh, yeah, these guys, I mean, these guys are good for these um, action heroes. You know, once they're gone, you know, yep. I mean. You End of an era. You can't have The Rock just do, it, you know, every action movie. Every role. Yeah. <laughs> every like he's role. The hardest worker in Hollywood, The Rock is. Yes, I have the um, the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing. He'll be he'll be President Schwarzenegger, which is interesting, because he well, he can't technically be President because he wasn't born right, in the U.S., but in this movie, he can be, and he actually <laughs> shared a picture of himself. <laughs> Uh, that's a match of Hollywood, Al. Yeah. You can be others. He, he, it wasn't really a uh, um, Terminator either. Yeah, that's true. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't be a Terminator because he's a human. But they showed uh, <laughs> an o- he showed him in the Oval Office with a cigar, um, and his first uh, look I at love his it. character in Kung Fury Two. I love it. Kung Fury Two, which is now being shot in Bulgaria Kung and Germany. Kung Fury. I never heard of the first one. Oh, it's amazing. It's oh, fucking oh, you're, amazing, okay, so you're, you're okay. familiar. Okay. dude. You, so it, it's, it, a it's, short. Okay, it's a short. It's a short. Okay, it's yeah, an I, 80s I know what you're spoof. talking about now. Okay, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's this yeah. amazing. Oh my god, yeah. everybody go watch Kung Fury. It looks yes. kind of like Vice City, right? From Grand Theft so, Auto. So you should see first the the cult 2015 short. Yeah. 
Right. So which uh, pays homage to 80s martial arts. All of them. Police action films. A- um, every 80s trope, they work into yeah. one film. Like Love every them. like there's throwbacks to Back to the Future, yeah. to Beverly Hills Cop, to yeah. Karate Kid. You'll love it. You, like, you, your brain will explode. You'll be so happy. <laughs> Go home and watch this tonight. So, so now it's going to be – now what platform – where can you see this? the original Kung, short? Kung Fury was on Netflix when I saw it. I don't okay, know if it's still the original, there. Okay. Um, so now they're doing an entire oh, so feature good. film based so on the short. Good. So they're going to expand on the short. That okay. We saw. Okay. Wow. So that would be kind of cool to see. Well, that sounds so amazing then. Okay. Fucking good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, two legends right there: Sly Stallone, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and let's talk about another another legend and a short story that goes with it. And I cannot say that the TV project that I worked on yesterday, but. 24 hours ago, guys, I was in the presence of greatness. Mm. One of the top A-list actors of our generation. Um, household name. Um, women think he's the sexiest man alive. Um, <coughs> the one only Brad Pitt, guys. Um, he was a surprise addition to this project I was working on on Tuesday. So I got a last minute call <coughs> for it. And although I cannot say at this time what the project is... I did. I will tell you guys that I was able to introduce myself to Brad. I walked up to him. I shook his hand, or he actually extended his hand and shook my hand. But I first told him what a great job he did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, his role yeah. as uh, the stuntman um, opposite of Leo DiCaprio's yeah. character, which was a, he did a brilliant job in that role. I think he's the most talented guy working. And he right said now. that he says thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Shook my hand. I was like, hey, man, I told him I'm on the SAC nomination committee and that I, you know, I'll be nominating. Even though I am for TV, mm-hmm. I told him I would, <laughs> he would have my details, votes. baby. He doesn't need to know. <laughs> he doesn't need to know all those little details. Uh, and did you wash your hand yet? <laughs> it's Brad Pitt, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you also this. Brad it was in town because he was at, which, why didn't we know about this? A red carpet screening at the Air and Space Museum, the Smithsonian, for Ad Astra. Yeah. This is another film released uh, by Disney. It's a sci-fi drama where Brad Pitt plays an astronaut Mm -hmm. who goes on an adventure through the solar system to find his missing father, making discovery along the way. Mm -hmm. Ruth Negga, Liv Tyler, uh, Donald Sutherland also star and is directed by James Gray. Uh, The film looks really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I think they wanted to take advantage of Brad being in D.C. and shoot a scene for this project, and when I can talk about it, I'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, now uh, were you two starring in the remake of Twins? You and Brad Pitt? So, did you, uh, <laughs> did you get to watch him do any scenes? Did you get to watch him work? Yeah, yeah. And I fact, know you can't talk about, like, what they were, but, yeah, like... Yeah, I was in the background, What and was it like I, to watch him work? Ah, man. To watch him work in something, di- in this different type of project mm-hmm. was just great. I now, mean, was it, now, was it tricky he, to, like, while you're watching them to masturbate without people seeing you? Like, was that uh, was that hard to do? As much as I do respect yeah, you do. Brad Pitt, <laughs> I would be jerking off to Margot Robbie. Okay, okay. <laughs> his co-star in Once Upon a Time, not Brad. <laughs> well, now that you've touched his hand, you have significantly better odds. Like, I, yeah, that, I have yeah. Brad Magic Pitt Magic Brad on. dust yeah. brushes yeah. off on you, the ladies, yeah. to this day. That dude's great looking. He actually extended his hand to me, guys. Yeah. No, but, but right. so seriously. Hand, which so, I thought was really cool. Nice. So I'm curious. Yeah. Did he do like a lot of takes? Did he crush it first time? Everything? Like, yeah, walk me through good it. With him is that he was. Uh, again, I can't talk about too many details. Uh, not the scene, but you can but talk yes, about. I can, his I can talk about. Yes, he was very I- inquisitive to mm-hmm. the director on things and direction. Asked a lot of questions. Um, delivery. 
Um, do I do this? Do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, is a true professional. Okay. Uh, now, and the fact that he nailed it. Just nailed it. Yeah, he's so take. good like that. It was quick. It was really, really quick. Now, like, what about takes? When he prepped something, did he come in with, like, two or three vastly different takes? Or did he have one set way of doing it, and he tried to do that a couple times? Because of the nature of this project, yeah. he they didn't do too many takes. I, okay. I have a feeling they were happy uh-huh. with what... And when I am able to talk about it, it will make I, sense I get it. as to what, yeah. what the project yeah. was. But, but, when, guys but when he did yeah. takes, did did like did you see the same thing, or did he come like from two different spots with the same lines? Um, it was more physical. Okay, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was that physicality the same, or did he come? You know what I'm saying? You could be yeah. gentle physically. You could be off the fucking walls. He's trying to get you sued, this guy over here. <laughs> no, he, he wants to get you sued. I'm, like, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm, saying, no, I'm just saying it was his approach. Because uh, because an actor can either come in and do a scene two very different ways, the director yeah. says, or they have one set way and they try to get that right. That's what I'm asking. Um, That's a very good question, but due to the nature right. of the way this was shot, <laughs> um, you, can, minimal, you can say it was different or it was the same without getting sued, but that's fucking I fine. Think, <laughs> um, there were slight, if anything, slight nuances, but nothing over the top. Okay, so yeah, so not not, not two vastly different approaches. Two not that's different, all I'm exactly. Now, can you, can you repeat all the lines that um, Brad Pitt said? <laughs> right, yeah. And then and, and tell us the whole plot for the episode. Can you do that, please? Yeah, can you post a, a copy of the script yeah. for us to read through real quick? But, I mean, Brad, nothing but respect for Brad Pitt because yeah. look, he could have easily had a whole entire career playing heartthrob movies. Yeah, just being a hot guy. You know, right. and, and yeah, and like and he would have made millions and millions and millions of dollars right. and, and been fine his whole career. But he always went for these odd roles and yeah. like roles that, you know, he didn't have to do and, Twelve and, monkeys. and roles that made him look, you know, uglier than what he was. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, just a true uh, professional, you know. Yep. Totally Absolutely. agree. And that's why, like, yeah, Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, he man. plays like the strung out heroin crazy homeless dude. Yeah. Uh, like, and you, you Fight see, Club. Like, yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, you see him Legends co- of the Fall. Yeah, and so he does Seven. He does the heartthrob stuff, but you see him in comedic roles. You see him yeah. in weird quirky roles. You, dude, he plays the snatch. party leader in Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, snatch, yeah, yeah. It's all over the place. Here, here's what did it for me, right? I was impressed with this body you of like work. You like bags? Yeah, <laughs> but when you watch the director's uh, the director's cut with commentary on a Fight Club, right? Which for me, it's a top ten film. You get uh, the director Edward Norton and him watching the film and talking together. It's just mm-hmm. all that fucking talent in one yeah. room. Yes. Here's what here's what blew me away. Whenever they had an argument about like what take they took, what scene it was, mm-hmm. whatever, he was always right. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. And they'd get into it and he'd be like, no, blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, no, you're talking about take five. And we didn't do take five because of this and this. We went with take seven because it fit the narrative better. And they're like, wow. oh, he's right. Mm-hmm. He had the whole movie still in his head. And like that blew me away. That yeah. dude is is fucking talented. Very nice. Yeah. Man, I had an incredible uh, week of different projects. Not only did do I work tell. with Brad Pitt. I'll have to <clears throat> let you guys know that I worked with, um, well, not with M. Night Shyamalan, but on his... Apple TV series called working title is Crumpet. It's now called Servant. Rupert uh, Grint um, okay. from Harry Potter fame is the mm-hmm. lead. I worked uh, at a really cool scene with Marcella Baratheon herself. Nice. Uh, played by Nell Tiger Free, lovely British actress, um, <clears throat> very talented. And she's uh, the lead role, one of the lead roles in this Crumpet. Apple TV series, formerly called Crumpet, now called Servant. Not signing up for Apple either. Fuck I that cannot shit. talk about our scene, but our scene was so cool and so much fun. Um, and it took uh, 13 hours. Of, it was, <laughs> You know what? I don't mind spending birthday weekends working when it's something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say. So it was a lot of fun. Very, very cool. And M. Night Shyamalan, incidentally, has more projects 
um, coming up. Um, films, that is. Two original thrillers. Like, were you part of the twist in this um, Apple TV series? I can't say. Yeah, okay. I can't say, man. <laughs> He's I, it's cool. Get to the end of filming. Tell, and say, I'm just kidding. I'm not right. really filming a show. Right. Twist. It's cool. I'll tell you what, what it is. So. Right. Um, <laughs> although, will I? I'm not supposed to tell you. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so two projects that Night Shyamalan will be doing will hit theaters on in 2021 and 2023, respectively. Um, now, they didn't say what exactly uh, these two original thrillers would um, entail, but it is with Universal Pictures. But he does have a deal for two films because his films have done so well. Yeah. Glass on and budgets. Split yeah, on have lower done budgets, yeah. on fairly low budgets. Yeah, it made 3.3 I'm still billion. very disappointed with billion. Glass. Yeah. Yeah, Glass. I mean, he kind of ruined the whole trilogy with that. I was I was unhappy as well. I don't know yeah. if I can talk about that. I mean, that split, split, <laughs> split was amazing, you know, split, yeah. like... um. Um, Unbreakable is amazing, and then you know oh, he had so much he could have did. I need to glass. rewatch uh, Unbreakable. I think I feel feel like, feel like I missed some yeah. beats in Glass because I it'd been so long since I watched Unbreakable that I might yeah. have forgotten a lot of it. But so, Split, I never yeah. seen somebody bring out a movie like like Split mm-hmm. and have it tied to like a previous movie and like yeah. nobody knew until the very end. Yeah. Right, like, uh, that was just it's amazing that he pulled it off, and mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but uh, he's great. I mean, I, I he, okay. He's had some bombs. Let's let's admit it. Yeah. yeah. But overall, but some great films. He does. But every director has though. He does original stuff. Yeah. yeah. See that there's no. You're right. We're not getting reboots out of that. We're not getting reboots. Right. We're not getting right. We're getting original content. Uh, Disney's cartoon mind, to live action to second from the cartoon. mind of M Night exactly. Um, but this is a sequel that we're really happy about. Ghostbusters 2020. Yes. Dan Aykroyd did confirm he will be playing his original character. Good, Ray, good, which good. I know everyone's happy about. He's not playing some lame taxi driver, which he played oh, in my God. <laughs> the last uh, last one. That so. damn movie, my God! No, really bad. It's pretty bad, right? So, oh, what do you think bad. about this one? Now, this is a possible reboot. Chachi, you had sent me um, a possible Princess Bride reboot. Horrible, horrible. You think yeah. it's a horrible idea? Okay. Yeah, horrible idea. Not a sequel, but a reboot, right? Yeah, horrible idea. Okay. Yeah, don't like, touch. Like, why do that? Like. Like the people. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna reboot okay. Gone with the Wind now. We're gonna redo Casablanca. Like yeah, why? These these kids are, are okay. If you're if you're if you're giving this movie towards kids, they don't care about the Princess Bride. Right. They're not gonna mm-hmm. see it because of the Princess Bride. If you're giving it towards you know people like who grew up with the Princess Bride, you're only gonna piss them off. They're not gonna see it anyway. So right. who are you who are you marketing this kind of shit to? Right. You know. I have no idea, but um, it's funny because Carrie. Uh, how do you pronounce Carrie's last name? L L. Is it Elvis? Carrie El- El- Elwes? Mm. I don't know who you're talking El- about. Uh, Carrie... he's, he's talking about the Dread Pirate Roberts. He's talking about Wesley. Mm. How do you pronounce Carrie from uh, from uh, Princess Brides? Carrie Ools. Is that how you pronounce his Is last it? name? Okay. okay. I wasn't. Sh- I, I never knew how to pronounce his yeah, last name. Nobody knows how to do it. Okay. Uh, or, or, or is it simply Elwes? It's not Chuck, that. you don't know? Okay. Sure. Yeah, sure. So anyways, regardless of pronunciation, he did say there's a shortage of perfect movies in the world. <laughs> it would be a pin- pity to damage this one. Oh, that's so, so he's, brilliant. That's he's very so much against right. brilliant. You won't, yeah. you won't top it, so why do it? Jamie Lee Curtis said, oh, really? Well, I married a s- the six-fingered man. Obviously, while we have stayed together for 35 years and there's only one princess bride, and it's William Goldman and Rob Reiner's. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. She's right. Yeah. Um, we talked about Margot, who we love. All of us love Margot Robbie. She's going to do a comedy. I don't think she's done a straight-up comedy film, in my recollection. Um, but it's a comedy called Fool's Day. Um, New Line has acquired um, a short film of the same name to adapt it into a feature-length film where she plays a fourth-grade teacher. Um, 
It centers around a fourth grade class that accidentally kills their teacher when <laughs> they they play an innocent April Fool's Day <laughs> prank. Convinced they'll go to prison if anyone finds out they try to hide her body, body before a police officer arrives <clears throat> for their anti-drug lesson. Um, Sounds good. Well, I hope if they, she's the teacher? If she's the teacher, I hope they kill her towards the end. Yeah. Uh, I, I want mean, to see a lot of Margot Robbie. Like a Weekend at Bernie's type of thing, maybe. Yeah, it does yeah. sound like Weekend at Bernie's. Well, yeah. she, she could do a lot of physical comedy yeah. that yeah. way. Yeah. Imagine, imagine she's your teacher. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fourth grade. I mean, that was just projecting into puberty. Oh my God! We, my we... kindergarten teacher was a beauty queen. Really? Yeah. It's so funny. Cause, like mm. I met my best friend in kindergarten. Like we're still buddies. Like we went all the way through. But and like you remember six. her? How beautiful she yeah, was. So yeah. So listen. Well, this is the funny thing. Cause like you don't know what's going on yet. Your wires don't work. No. But like we were six, and I remember her name was uh, Mrs. Brooks. And, like, now I know she's gorgeous. Then I just, we really liked her. Right. And she got engaged that year. So, like, two-thirds <laughs> of the way through the year, yeah. she brought in this guy, and she introduced him to us and explained right. that she would then become whatever. And, like, me and him, like, did not like this motherfucker. <laughs> right? Like, which is me, like, no, like, whatever. And, like, now I know what's going on. Now yeah. I was in love with my teacher. And, like, who's, 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 this, who's yes. this man? So, for me. You are ours. Going to <laughs> she takes naps with us. Right. An all-boys high school, yeah. Catholic high school, mm-hmm. to have... A fresh out of college hottie named Angela Burkholder who taught AP biology. And I swear, I think I did well on uh, because of her. I think she was a motivator. You're motiv- trying to impress her. It was a motive. I, I was literally motivated because uh, it was a very difficult class. I actually got a B, which I was like, I couldn't believe it. But nonetheless, um, I was I used to remember how she used to write on the chalkboard and her ass would like jiggle every time. Like, <laughs> it was just amazing. But anyways, little BP over there. Angela is hey. beautiful. If you're still out there, hello. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, we didn't have that many hot teachers. Like um, the guy I remember like we had one teacher in like seventh grade that was we considered hot, but she was because she was young, closest to our age, so we thought right. she was hot. Right. I remember getting an argument with a classmate recently, um, you know, like a year ago, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, she was so hot. I'm like, you know what? We probably thought she was hot. Right. But I'm sure if you looked at a picture of her in the yearbook now, how she looked back then, right. she wasn't hot. So yeah. I went and found an old yearbook from seventh grade, took a picture of it, sent it to him, and he's like, you know what? You're you're right. She wasn't hot yeah. at all. When, when, <laughs> when, you're, tw- when yeah. you're 12, any 24-year-old is right, hot. Exactly, that's right, exactly. Yeah. And you don't know what you're doing. Right. And right. Yeah. Like, we didn't have these hot teachers that banged yeah. students back then. We didn't have it, you know? Like, all of a sudden now, like, you see, like, every one of these um, women that, that bangs their students, and you're like, wow, Dude, she's really hot. And, and like, they're all hot. They're all hot. Yeah, I want to bang the, the teacher. Yeah. In and a like, and they them. don't go to jail, right? Like, we throw a guy in jail for seven years. A teacher does it. We're like, oh, she needs some counseling. She must be going through a hard time. We're like, what the fuck is that? No, she fucked a child. <laughs> now, I, I had a classmate who became a teacher who did that and went to jail. Ooh, goes wow. to jail. So yeah. There you go. She went to jail. No, no, she, no, she went to jail. Yeah. Oh, she did? Yeah, she did. Yeah. That's correct. Wow. <laughs> Is she out now? You sleep with oh, yeah, a child. Was she at the reunion? She was not. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she'll be uh, making an appearance. I invited her before and she didn't show up. I don't think yeah. she. There's too much negative press, right? I'm sure. Uh, okay. So number one, the box office, no surprise, It Chapter 2, which I thought was a very entertaining film, had a lot of, you know, jump out of the seat kind of moments. I would say it's not as good as uh, Chapter 1. I agree with that. You and agree with that? It'd be hard right. to top it with this. This kid's did an amazing job in the first one. Dude, didn't they get a good job? And, you know, let's not take anything from the, the adult cast. They, they're fantastic. They did great. I think, I think that three hours was, was too long. Like, I think... It was a long effing yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and I love... Really long. I love long movies, but, like, a three-hour, like, horror movie, I think, was just too much. They could have made it, they could have made it, like, a little over two hours, and it would have yeah. cut out a lot of stuff they didn't need. Right. But, you know, still, a great job by the whole cast, and, like... I mean, it was it's hard to top kids in the 80s as, as the first one was. They did, did a great job. I think it was fantastic. I yeah. think they did a job. And, of course, yeah, no surprise. There was a number one in the box office. Number two. Think you'll see uh, um, part three? 
That's a good question because uh, the Depends thing is, is Stephen Stephen King only wrote two books. Correct? He did, right? Yeah. So it would have to well, come one book, but it was like it was like right. It would have half to, for the TV it would show have, movie. It would have to come from the mind of Stephen King. I think yeah, the I agree. only way right, right. he will have to write the screenplay. That would be the only way it would work. There's a lot of money on the table for that though, so it and might Stephen be. Stephen King third is part. alive and well, so hopefully if you can crunch up another. That genius. That, that genius. Stephen King. Has anybody anybody else in Hollywood has created so many um, you know stories as him? Probably nobody else, Man, right? It's hard to top. George R. R. Martin's pretty up there, but uh, no, he he's only the one not series. Volume. He did one series. He's talking volume, like title. I'm talking about title different, after title different, after title. different yeah. stories. Yeah. That made, become so many movies into yeah. Right I mean, Stand by Me. He and we're getting the, the Stand as well. The Stand, Stand by Me. He created. I mean, he created yeah. um, Thinner. There's a million people, of these. Yeah. like Pet Cemetery. Like yeah. I mean, this is a million different movies. Yep. You know, yep. The Shining. Like yep. Misery. Like <laughs> this, and and so many different stories too. Like yeah. Different and, and not just the horror, horror genre, right? Yeah. You said Stand same by, same me. by Me, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it's cool. Stand with a Dead Body, but like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a totally unique story compared to the other ones. It's interesting. Um, I think you saw Hustlers. I haven't seen it yet, but Hustlers, the number two movie, which I really want to see. In fact, Koki, our resident perv, uh, texted me and wanted to see it. So <laughs> it's. I mean, I thought like it was it was yeah. decent. The end, I thought was a big letdown. But J Lo looked amazing in it, and now, like there's the like award buzz for J Lo's performance. No, 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 no. I mean she looked, she looked hot as hell, and like I don't think her, her acting, acting is worth an Oscar. Like I mean okay. she played a stripper. I mean I don't know how much range <laughs> that was. I mean it's yeah. like I don't think she did any more than Jesse Spano and Showgirls. Jesse Spano, <laughs> oh boy, Good Boys number three. He's talking about young a young cast. Like you know obviously you said the it cast was did great in the first it movie. Now this young boy, these these young kids and Good Boys. They they really uh, did a good job in in, in that film. Yeah, I was disappointed with that too. Disappointed? I was hoping to see like a um, a new version like Super Bad. Yeah, I don't I, think and I expected that coming from the creators of Super Bad. Yeah, and I don't think the the comedy was was on par. Wasn't on par, but I was still very entertained. I was entertained, but it, I mm-hmm. I was going into it. I was hoping they were going into like mm-hmm. do a resurgent of like those kind of like comedies, but yep. it didn't didn't work out. The number four and five movers, Angel Has Fallen and Lion King. Wow, still in the top five. Crazy. Yeah. Um, the Goldfinch, which premiered at the to- Toronto Film Festival, did not do well. Had a, a really bad opening. Debuted uh, uh, at the eighth uh, in the box office. Um, Damn. And the performance is the sixth worst ever for a film debuting in over 2,500 lo- locations. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked like nothing I wanted to see from the trailer, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess it'll be a good time to take a classic cut break. That was movies, and we'll get back and talk television. Um, so we're going to do the classic cut followed by our first Sundance, or sorry, our first Tribeca Film Festival interview. So here we go. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Yeah, that's right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, returning after what, like a three or four month hiatus? Three, uh, about a four month hiatus. And like, really, you, you can't find your music anywhere else besides I'm um, listening to Chachi's classic cut. <laughs> and there's no other avenues anymore for music. But what you can hear for us from uh, the podcast, although yeah. we can only play a couple bars well, legally. Can, but if you listen live. That's how you get your music fixed. If we were live. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> don't give away all our secrets. <laughs> yeah, this, um, 
been a rough week for um, great, you know, 80s artists. I mean, really rough. And, like, we went through, like, you know, most of the summer without losing, like, I, I mean, I don't think we lost anybody really big actors, have we, over the summer? Yeah, we talked about some. I mean, Peter Fonda was pretty big. Um, Valerie Harper was a big Valerie Harper, name. yeah. Um, um, there were several. There were several that okay. we did talk about. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't like a horrible summer of celebrity but deaths. Eddie like, Money, man. Yeah, like, we... We lost two in the past week, like two like '80s icon and icon Eddie Money, and um, Rick Rukasik from the Cars. Cash that ticket to paradise, man. He used yeah. it. Like, um, ah. yeah, I thought Eddie Money was definitely great, like a great '80s Dude. artist. I saw him like a few years ago um, in concert, which I was happy to. I actually drove to Ocean City, like, um, which is like a three-hour drive from um, where we live. And saw him perform with his, you know, lovely daughter. Like he's a really She's very hot busty. Boy. Oh my god, yeah. Wow. When I saw her on stage, like he was calling her honey and stuff, and like <laughs> I just assumed that it was like his wife. And I'm like, good for you, um, Eddie Money. But then I found out later on it was actually his daughter. Because I never heard of that he had a hot daughter, much well, less you know one that performed with her. You know, they, oh yeah, yeah. Women, they women half their age. Yeah, but I mean Eddie Money, so many, so many great songs like over the years, like Two Tickets to Paradise. Um, um, you know my 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 personal favorite. Um, Take me home tonight. Um, I want to go back. Was another great one. Um, and the cause of death, uh, by the way, of uh, Eddie Money was pretty sad. He was suffering from stomach cancer, right? Yeah, and, and he announced it like yeah. like like about three weeks before he d- passed away. Two or three weeks before he passed away, and he said he was going to try to fight it or whatever. And then right. like the news came out a couple weeks later that he died, and like it was pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. Um. You know, and like surprisingly enough, that he um, "Take Me Home Tonight," which we're going to play um, tonight for the classic cut. There you go. He uh, had Ronnie Spector in there um, singing backup, and she was from um, you know the '60s group singing um, "Be My Little Baby," and then she, you know, reprises that. Um, Be my little yeah, baby. Reprises that um, phrase in, in this song, "Take Me Home Tonight," and and who would have thought that she would have outlived Eddie Money, you know? But he looked kind of like in bad shape when I saw him three years ago. It looked like maybe he had like a stroke at some point or whatever. He mm-hmm. didn't look like he was in the best health. No man. Even back then, but um, definitely a sad loss. And, and we're we'll talk about the other um, loss of um, you know, after after this and after the um, interview coming up. But this is Eddie Money. Yeah. Take me home tonight. Still one of the, one of my favorite songs from the '80s, and a song that I can put on and like if I'm in a bad mood, it like picks me up. So awesome, guys. Yeah, definitely a great song. All right, guys. Here is Eddie Money, Take Me Home Tonight, followed by my Tribeca exclusive interview with actress Scotty Thompson here on Blow the Bell.
Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and BelowTheBeltShow.com. All right, guys. Special interview here at Spring Street Studios on Barrick Street, the hub of the Tribeca Film Festival. We have actress extraordinaire Scotty Thompson. Scotty, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Great to have you here on the uh, seventh floor. Uh, we're surrounded by uh, not White Walkers, but uh, White Walker by Johnny Walker, which we should indulge in a little later because we both love Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> but nonetheless, are you excited to be here uh, for the Tribeca Film Festival? Yes, I'm very excited. Yes, and of course you should be because you're in a film, and if you could, tell us a little synopsis about this film, which is called Crown Vic, and your character. So Crown Vic is about police officers Mm -hmm. in their Crown Victoria, Um, and it's essentially a two-hander with Thomas Jane and Luke Kleintank, and it's Luke plays a rookie, and it's his first shift overnight. Well, his first shift ever, but it's an overnight shift, and it's set in Los Angeles. And it follows the very intimately what it's like to walk through in their shoes over the course of an evening and their encounters with, you know, a drunk girl. And then Thomas Jane's got his own personal story that's Mm -hmm. playing out throughout the film as well. And then my character is one of the ladies who calls the cops because people are attacking her in her head. Oh, in she her thinks, head. She thinks in real life, but oh, um, okay. she's got some mental issues. Mental issues. <laughs> oh, wow. So did you work uh, closely with Thomas? I did. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, my scene is with both him and Luke, and nice. uh, it is a very revealing, pun intended, scene. And so, yes, it was a vulnerable scene for me to do. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was also the first night of the film shoot. So we just dove oh. right in. It was pretty, it's pretty awesome. And it's, you know, it's something that requires like mm-hmm. fully going all the way in, like from a um, emotional perspective as well. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, just diving off the deep end. Wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, tell us about the audition process and how you landed the role. Well, I, uh, for once, did not have to audition because mm-hmm. one of the producers, Anjal Nijam, who. Um, I have known him for probably like six or seven years. He saw mm-hmm. me in a film called The Lookalike years ago okay, cool. and has been a fan of my work ever since and basically was called me up as soon as this was actually happening and he was like, finally, I have an opportunity for you and I'm going to pitch you to our writer-director, Joel oh, Souza. great. And yes. um, I think he probably watched some of my reel, although this is very different to a lot of the work I've done, so... <laughs> Um, I'm super grateful to Anjel for convincing Joel that I could play a pretty much against type role. Cause you know, I have like, I mean, I'm, I'm a little nutty and I have no makeup on and my hair's all <laughs> over the place. And, um, you know, some of the other people were like, I kind of saw you in the mm-hmm. dilapidated house in the film. And I just didn't really, I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to believe this person in this place mm-hmm. and then by the end I was like no I'm sold <laughs> so awesome. that so was a compliment so hair disheveled no makeup so no time in the makeup chair you just get the set and you start well rolling. there's that m- the no makeup makeup thing and okay, the no it. hair <laughs> hair thing where they have mm-hmm. like a specific look that is you know not put together nice so the premiere was early in the week and you have several screenings lined up for tri- Tribeca uh, how was the audience response to the film for the premiere amazing that's great everybody yeah um, really responded to it there's mm-hmm. 
some dark comedy threaded in there, and I think my scene sort of falls in that realm, which was exciting to be a part of because they also don't do that much comedy, and I love it. Oh, great. Um, but in general, uh, to the film as a whole, everyone was super responsive. I mean, it's it's beautifully shot. It's it's phenomenally written and directed by Joel, and the um, performances across the board are just amazing. Wow, and you're certainly working with some great names. Uh, how was... Uh, how, what was it like working with Joel as a director? Oh, he was super, super, I mean, just, he's put so much into this project, and mm -hmm. he's spent years, I mean, he wrote the actual film in, in like, 10 days or something insane, mm -hmm. but he's really intimate and has, like, spent a lot of times with co cops and, um, and obviously a lot of work preparing for this film especially, and so he mm -hmm. was super patient and very attentive in his direction and I mean I very mm -hmm. very much enjoyed working with him awesome well you, you told me uh, that you actually got to attend the uh, s uh, skin premiere as well and and, and the uh, after party get yeah? to go to the okay. actual screening okay I'm looking forward they were trying to get mm -hmm. me to go to a screening tonight and I'm unable to because we have another screening of Crown Vic and the Q&A yes so I'm super bummed but I'm hoping you know I'll be seeing it when it comes out in July but I did get to go to the after party <laughs> Right. I'm more interested in, you know, seeing the films, of course. Right, of course. It, it is Tribeca, but more importantly, one of the stars of Crown Vic here in Scotty Thompson. And uh, I did want to throw out one more project. You're working with a friend of mine, Rebecca Kennedy. I am. Yes, an upcoming project. Can you, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. it's called Limbo, and Sweet. it's a dark comedy uh, set in Limbo about a human who's wow. on trial to see if he is going to make it into heaven or hell. Oh, wow. And, um, and it's I fun. I go through that dilemma almost every day. Yeah, <laughs> no, I hear you. So um, in that, I play a very different uh -huh. character who yeah. is very put together. She is a an mm -hmm. angel lawyer mm -hmm. who is the defense attorney for this human on trial. Mm -hmm. And it is actually her first trial, and she's trying to pretend like it's not. Mm -hmm. Um so for her, it's she's encountering humans and their debasement. Is that a word? Um, depravity <laughs> yeah, for the first time. So she's very naive and like just assuming that he's going to make it into heaven. And then she's like, oh, man. Um, and Rebecca plays um, a victim of, I don't know, Earth and all of its temptations. Wow. Wow. Sounds pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On very many levels. Uh, but wow, so here, Scotty Thompson here, we click on this show, um, actress extraordinaire, and it was awesome to talk with you here at the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, the Spring Street Studios here in New York City. More to come. Thank you. Hi, I'm Scotty Thompson. You're watching Click on This, and I'm in the film Crown Vic here at Tribeca. Can't wait for it to be out for you all to see it. Yeah, that's right, guys. That was Scotty Thompson. Wow. Beautiful actress, up-and-coming actress from the movie Vic Crown. We had some White Walker, Johnny Walker whiskey at the Tribeca Rooftop Lounge. It was a lot of fun and a fun interview that we did at Sundance. I still want to see a girl being called Scotty. She's gorgeous. You got to check yeah. her out. Scotty Thompson. Um, so you said you wanted to talk a little bit more about Eddie Money? I want to talk about Rick Ocasek. And you want to talk about Rick Ocasek, too. So, But, yes, um, we did talk about Eddie Money, of course, who unfortunately died um, diagnosed with stage 4 esophageal cancer earlier this year, and he died at the age of 70. Let's now um, pivot to 
Um, Rick Okasik, the singer and guitarist for The Cars, hit-making album producer, died uh, Sunday in New York City. He was 75. Okasik's death um, was due to heart disease. Wow. Uh, police officers responded to a 911 call at Okasik's home in Manhattan. Um, unfortunately, um, was dead at the scene. Um, so sucks. apparently he was recovering from an unspecified surgery at the time of his death. Um, and uh, I believe his uh, wife um, found him asleep. Um, he was um, bringing him Sunday morning coffee. They t- touched his cheek to arouse him and realized that he had um, to peacefully... Rouse uh, to rouse him. To rouse him. Yeah, not to yeah, arouse him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just, <laughs> just sneak in there and grab that one out of respect. <laughs> well, his wife was hot. To rouse him. It yeah. was the same wife that he had in the Paulina 80s. Paulina I think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very normally rouse yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. She's the one that was in the music videos back yeah, in the 80s. I think 80s. so, yeah. Like, supermodel. Which music videos? Um, You might think. Like, she was in that um, video. You know that uh, you know the music video for Billy Idol uh, mm-hmm. with the girl dancing around and everything's fire. Rock the cradle of love. My yeah. buddy slept with that chick. Are you serious? Yeah. What? Oh. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like he met her out, and she he said she's still hot, but he does. So she's like, let's go back to my place. So he goes back to her place, and she throws on this video in the background. They have whatever, and it takes him like maybe like five to eight minutes to kind of. Oh shit! You're like that, yeah. So like, yeah, she. Oh my I mean, god. I still have carpal tunnel from that video. Right. <laughs> like she, yeah, she was phenomenal, right? Oh my god, yes. And this, this must yeah. have been, you know, I would say probably like like 12 to 15 years later. But he was like, he's yeah. like, I don't care, man. She's still put together. No, but she was young in that video. Yeah. She was probably with only like, I mean, if she was 18, like, no, I'd be surprised or. in that video. Yeah. Weezer wrote a tribute to Rick in, on Instagram. He produced three key Weezer albums. Did you know Rick was still producing stuff? Yeah, he produced three key. Weezer albums, Blue, Green, and Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Wow. Did not know they were still producing. And taught us all so much about music, recording, and song songcraft. But more importantly, he taught us that one can be in a respected position of great power, and yet be absolutely humble and have the biggest sweetheart. Sweetest heart in the industry. And he was an artist, too. When I met him last year, mm-hmm. um, he, he was a painter, and he, and he sold his um, works of art in this gallery mm-hmm. I went to. So cool. Yeah. Billy Corgan actually produced Okasik's 97 solo album, Troubleizing. Well, then you know it's good. Yeah. He recalled his lengthy conversations with Okasik, and as well as the time Okasik taught him how to play My Best Friend's Girl on guitar. Oh, oh it's awesome. Good song. Yeah. yeah. He picked up the guitar, played it perfectly. He was an ace guitarist and handed it over. The sound I noticed was exact. Um, it was a pink uh, Fender I dutifully played the opening riff as he showed. Uh, so what was the guitar, I asked? Rick pointed at the flamingo in his hands. My jaw dropped. It was the guitar. Oh, so, man. Yeah, man. I mean, the cars were huge like back in the late 70s mm-hmm. or, uh, and, you know, basically the, the whole 80s. And, like, yeah. probably would have kept them going if it wasn't for um, Benjamin Orr, who um, passed away, who was um, in the cars. And he, uh, he was a... Um, Benjamin Orr sang that song "Drive." He sang the lead on the song "Drive," which you know that's why it has a kind of different sound than most of the Cars songs. Uh, like you know, like, who's going to take you home? That song. I yeah. love that song. Yeah, 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 great tune. I think I'm gonna play that for the cut next week. Great song. Yeah, great song. Yeah, but that makes, makes an appearance in plenty of '80s movies, right? Like the guy's yeah. thinking about himself. He broke mm-hmm. up with his girl. Who's yeah. gonna take? But that wasn't home? that wasn't <laughs> you know that wasn't Rick Ocasek. That was Benjamin Orr who sang the lead in that one. Oh, he was still singing it, but he but Rick was. But when 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 Orr died, that and they, the Cars broke up, and like they never like 
really tour oh, it again. Oh, yeah. That is you a know? good song. But, like, man. oh, yeah, so many great songs. Um, You might think um, Magic that we played um, opening up on this show. Yeah. Um, the song uh, Moving in Stereo, which which most people know this song and don't know they know the song, but that's actually the song that was playing in Fast Times at Richmond High when Phoebe Cates came out of the pool Woo! and took her top off in slow motion. Yes. Wow, we that all was remember that in, one. That was Moving in Stereo by the Cars. <laughs> you know, um, I think I have to play it. Send me a few sl- um, choices for next week's cut. Okay, right? yeah. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Cars, the cars that's were a good one, too. The Cars were huge. Like, like, yeah. The whole like um, beginning of MTV, like they yeah, did a man. lot of great music videos um um i mean it's just even too many i mean i was playing some on um, the other the other morning after he died and just so many hits and so right. many great songs and and so many songs that sound so good you know <laughs> so it's definitely a, a big loss for anybody who's oh, a fan man. of um like any of the 80s music rest in peace rico Kasich and eddie money um we also lost um a Koki, not our Koki, not yeah. Below the Bustle's Koki, but Koki uh, Roberts. Koki Roberts, yeah. Longtime NPR <laughs> and ABC News journalist had died at the age of 75 from complications from breast cancer. So oh, as a fellow... Yeah, she'd been fighting for a while. Yeah, Man. as a fellow journalist, uh, our condolences to Koki Roberts, the family. Yeah. Um, and she was special, man. She, like, she fought mm-hmm. every fight on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. She fought gender stuff. Uh-huh. She was a staunch... Um, Catholic her whole life, and that wasn't always the easiest thing to be. And then yeah. she did the whole separation of religious belief versus truth and reporting, and she was staunch about that. She was all mm-hmm. about free speech, uh, being repressed in you know uh, government like that. The, the impressive lady, man. Yep. She's also an author of six books, m- many of them bestsellers. One of NPR's most recognizable recognizable voices, and considered yeah. one of the handful of pioneering female journalists. Yeah, so. she's a badass. Yeah. Also, Carnival actor Brian Turk died uh, last Friday with uh, following a battle with cancer. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember um, Brian Turk. He always also appear, appeared on Beverly Hills 90210. Um, so certainly another um, untimely loss because he was only 49 years old when he had passed away. So. Well, are you um, are you done with the um, deaths? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned 90210. <laughs> yeah, I want to cut, cut off the deaths because. I'm happy there's no more of them in there. Yeah, I, right. But what's your opinion on the new like um, so I have BH yet to watch, so I have yet to watch the finale. Okay. Uh, by the way, congratulations, congratulations to uh, Gabrielle Carteris, who won. She did win. She did win the election for uh, Screen Actors Guild. Well, she presidents. beat um, who'd you say she was going up against? Uh, uh, Matthew Modine. Yeah, she, she yeah. beat him. Wow. She beat Matthew Modine. Yeah, she's the incumbent. So, um, so you know, I really enjoyed Beverly Hills 90210, BH90210. Um, at He's first, a, let's be clear, BH, yeah. BH, BH. So I was really skeptical, skeptical right. about the format of heightened fiction versions of themselves because yeah. I thought it was going to go the reality route. Yeah, I was wrong. It was very scripted, um, and it had a really good story. Um, so I was happy with. I don't go as far as calling it really good story, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was cheesy. It, it definitely was it. a cheesy show. Like you have to admit that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, the original one was cheesy too. Right. Yeah. Very over to go the back top, and watch right? it now. Yeah. But I did like how they reference um, did a lot of references from the original yeah. series. Yes. A lot of great. Easter eggs for the series. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. the whole concept, right? Like Easter egg. Easter egg is right. Yes. Yeah, talking about exchanging. Exchanging an egg. Exchanging an egg. Did you see the um, episode with Jamie Walters? And, and, yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. That was hilarious. And him saying how like his career got ruined because he threw Donna Martin down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious that they that they went and saw him. Like, that was very funny. You know, so I looked funny. at his IMDb. He, he's actually his character is actually true to his actual life. He actually left the entertainment industry. 
Oh, and yeah, yeah, he, he, he threw Donna Martin down the fucking yeah, stairs. It's actually they're sort of taking some. Is he truce. a fireman? Is that what it was? Became, the, that yeah. was legit. Okay, he yeah, actually because I, I looked at his IMDb. Wow, all those credits in the '90s, nothing, and then the new 90210. Wow, yeah, so he hasn't been acting. So but, that's cool seeing him. But he still did his job well, you know. And he knows that. So they played a lot of those um, songs that they played. Um, remember 90210? They used to yeah. play the songs at the during the credits at the very end, and they would try to promote a new song. Mm-hmm. And like they played um, "Letters to Cleo," like like here that's, and now. That's a good song. And I heard man. that song. I'm like. I haven't heard this song probably like in 20 years. So back, yeah, back, back when I was great. one years old, <laughs> I haven't heard the song since then. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about the song. I'm glad you remember that at one years old. Yeah, I totally forgot about the song, but then I, I end up playing <laughs> well, it. You're one on years my, old, you don't forget that. On my Amazon Music, and I'm like, this is, was a good song. It's and a like, great song. Why, did, why didn't that band like do better mm-hmm. than they did? Yeah, the finale is on my DVR. Have you watched the finale? Yet? I did. Okay, I did. was it was it a good wrap up? It, it was it was it was decent. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean that show like I mean it's Shakespeare it is not. Yeah. Shakespeare is not, <laughs> but it is greenlit for uh, season... Oh, is it greenlit? Okay. Uh, season two, so... I mean, it's kind of like a class season reunion. You know, a class reunion, you're just happy to see everybody. I mean, you don't need, like... You don't need anything like amazing to happen. You're just happy yeah. to be seeing everybody again that you haven't seen in a long time. So I mean, so I think this is a good chance to pivot on another TV show that you might be happy to see will be returning. I might not be though. The Bayside Gang is reuniting. Um, Zach Morris, however, shut up, wasn't invited yet. He, for the time no, he signed up now. Saved okay, by the so, bell. So this I heard today he, um, he came okay, out. Okay, because la- the, bell, the latest I hilarious. have is that he was asked about the reboot, or so the sequel series, yeah. not a reboot, mm-hmm. uh, and he said he, this is the first time he was hearing about it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that had changed. Yeah, I heard today well, he signed on. And he like, signed on. Okay, good. So well, there's, there's that whole the string of videos that Zach Morris is trash. You've yeah, seen these, yeah. right? That's yeah. and again, like different time period, but like in our in our heightened politicized modern society, like how Zach goes about talking about women and doing things, it doesn't play too well in the yeah. modern era. So yeah. So I'm curious, so uh, which route are they going for? They're going. They're not doing Beverly Hills. They're doing <laughs> them playing their characters again. Yeah. Um, but what's the context? Is there? So this is him. It's Mario yeah, Lopez. Um, I believe his name is Elizabeth AC Berkeley. AC Slater. So, so I heard. I heard they. I don't know if Tiffany Amber Thiessen has signed on. Has she? I, uh, gotta for me, have Kelly Kapowski. For me, I gotta think. Have Kelly Kapowski, for me, I think right? you gotta have them all to do it at all. Right. You know, like. But I don't know, cause I. Okay. I still love. I, I still love Beverly. No, sorry. I still love. Um, Say by, by the Bell. Yeah. Right. And I went back watched it recently. It, it did not hold up well at all. Right. Over yeah. The no. Years. I don't. Suspect it was it definitely well. a very like. Cheesy '90s type of show. It, it, it did not hold up. Like, um, <laughs> like Parker Lewis. It's a, yeah, Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> like same you thing. Like you, w- you, you couldn't make it through one of those episodes. Today. <laughs> yeah, so no. You know, Nana did a little watches. better job, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, Nana It was a more adult show. We're talking about this thing that for us, we're talking about a show that when we were what eight to twelve was right. the coolest thing we'd ever seen. Yeah. Right. It stands to reason that maybe that doesn't age like fine wine. Yeah. Right. Like like something you think is super cool at ten. It's a very it was a very corny show. I mean, yeah. it was hilarious. It was very cheesy. It's hilarious, like when you're like you know fifteen years old right. back then, but. I don't, yeah. I don't know how they can do it and make it good. I don't know. So this is going to be on NBC's streaming service, guys. You know this. Oh, no, 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 no. So, so no one's going to see it then. <laughs> no, no, like, like, yeah. So, yeah. There's too many streaming services. I'm not and doing it. Originally, uh, Mark Paul Gossler didn't think he could do the show because he's on an ABC show. Ooh, contract uh, conflict. He's huh? on a show called Mixed-ish, um, which had its premiere um, Monday night. Um, but, yes, they are doing a... They're doing an NBC mm. streaming service. Um, yeah. 
which features Saved by the Bell, another um, pilot or a reboot or a sequel, whichever way you look at it. It's Punky Brewster. Yeah. Soleil Moon Shut Fry up. will be uh, will be in this. She's now going to be a mother of three trying to get her life back on track. And she meets a young girl who reminds her a lot of her younger of self. Of her, right. <laughs> another homeless mm. miscreant. We're also going to get um, Battlestar Galactica. Which is... Technically, a reboot of a reboot. Yeah, what's going on, yeah. right? Because it's a reboot, reboot yeah. of a classic series. Well, um, but the original with Mr. Robot's creator, Sam Ishmael, executive yeah. producing. So it's in good hands. Um, of course, you know the original was on ABC in 1978. Yeah, way had, back in the 70s. Wait, so are these shows on this new um, NBC streaming service? Uh, this will be NBC Universal. See, yes, mm-hmm. uh, streaming service. We cut the cord. Officially, we cut the cord because we were tired of, of um, paying know, all this money. Yeah, but now they're creeping up again. That's like, what I'm saying. It. And, yeah. and they're going to make you want to do it. Right? Gonna, yeah. And, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. We got to draw the line, right? Like, we yeah. just got to not fuck it. No, we got to not do it. It sucks. I mean, Brave New World's another project. Dr. Death. Let those channels die. But honestly, I just bought like. Like um, iTunes had a special, and it was like twenty bucks, and it was like the whole Say by the Bell series, like every yeah. episode, every episode of Good Morning. Oh Ms. wow! Every episode every of episode. Good Morning Miss Bliss, which was like the the prequel series, <laughs> right. um, Say by the Bell, the college years, and the, and the two yeah. Say by the Bell movies. Twenty bucks. Okay. All that for twenty bucks. I, I had to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with like the one-time purchase. It's yeah. in a digital library. But I'm sure the NBC streaming service. But will I can't have do all yeah. the episodes. Yeah, I can't do I can't do Gosh. six different streaming services. I mean, could. Could Zach Morris be the new principal of the school? Not with his grades. Zach did not study hard enough. That's school. a good. That's a good question. You know, because <laughs> Zach replaces Belding. Because yeah. uh, Netflix <laughs> has a show with Matthew Broderick that he's playing the principal. Uh-huh. Yeah, and as everybody knows he's uh, Ferris Bueller. Wait, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Um, uh, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was the show that that um, yeah. Parker Lewis ripped off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's called Daybreak, uh, Matthew Broderick's new show. Uh, he goes from uh, Daybreak sounds like a very serious title for well, a principal it's, show. It's it's, it's so a, vampires it's a, and zombies and shit. It's, a com- it's coming of age, but it's all about the apocalypse as well. This is, yeah, it sounded like an apocalypse fucking it's show. It's a post-apocalyptic, genre-bending series set in Glendale, California, which is populated by gangs of jocks, gamers, the 4-H club, and fearsome tribes. Um, as they navigate through the strange and treacherous world. It's part samurai saga, part endearing coming-of-age story, part battle royal. Um, I don't know. Have you seen the trailer? No, it sounds horrible like, from that but description. But I know you love yeah, Matthew Broderick confused. from yeah, Ferris like, Bueller's Day Off. So. I'm still Matthew surprised Broderick. they never did a sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Which, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they screw up, but I mean, I can definitely see them well, like... Give Hollywood time. They'll have, do that shit. Have but, him... Have, have you know Ferris Bueller work at this job he hates and he's mm-hmm. stuck there, a dead-end job... Because of course he never studied or nothing like that. So then right. have have um, Cameron, who's you know was you know the nerd you know and Ferris mm-hmm. Bueller, and have him be all successful and like mm-hmm. yeah. Th- Cameron's now a life coach no, with no, millions. No, 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 no. He, 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 does like, <laughs> he does like a whole um, startup, you know, and like a successful startup, you know, mm-hmm. dot com type of thing. And then he he's the one that comes and like so gives funny. Ferris Bueller a day off now and gets him to you know get back to his. I like it. I like where you're at. I think it looks yeah. pretty good. He's divorced from Simone. They yeah, worked oh, yeah. out. I wonder if she's still hot. It could be good, but oh, check out so the trailer. Beautiful. You might like it because they, they do some Easter eggs to Ferris Bueller's in there. Was that on? What? Um, it's on Netflix. Netflix, uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, he closes out the teaser with his drop the, line, drop the mic line honoring the 86 John Hughes classic by saying, 
And you thought we weren't going to have any fun with the apocalypse. Shame on you. <laughs> so he does say that there. Yeah, John Hughes was, was another um, genius. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's iconic, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that was comedy. Uh, comedy. Oh, like, iconic. Yeah. If you yeah, watch a comedy man. and it's still funny after like you know all these decades, then that's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, if you watch *Planes, Trains, Automobiles*, still hilarious. You know, to this day. You know, watch *Ferris Bueller*, still hilarious to this day. Still, yeah. And John Hughes is very human. It wasn't just funny. Like yeah. it, we were talking about earlier, the characters were dynamic. They were mm-hmm. real people. You right. know, there was home stuff. There was some drugs. There was mm-hmm. conflicts yeah. with dads, and like it, it was. It, it looked effortless, and that's the difference between yeah. like those classic movies that still hold up and some of the garbage that gets rolled out today, <laughs> where you like yeah. you have cookie cutter stamped yeah, characters. Here's guy. our funny guy. Here's our cool guy. Yeah. Here's our you know minority character. It, it's empty compared to Hughes's writing. Yeah, yeah all right. Um, also on Netflix, uh, The Umbrella Academy. Have any? Yes, is it, is, it worth, is it worth checking so out? So good. So they just expanded its cast for season two. Added Ritu Arya, Yusuf Gatewood, and Marin Ireland as series regulars. Um, so, which I think is cool. They're really adapting a lot of these great comic books and graphic novels. Umbrella Academy is one of them. Another graphic novel they're going to adapt is Jupiter's Legacy, guys. This is also going to be on Netflix. Jupiter's I'll, Legacy. Yeah. So they lost. Like sh- Jupiter Ascending? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, you know about that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, so I'm a nerd, man. Yeah, no, I didn't know you knew about Jupiter. <laughs> you're, you're in my wheelhouse. But it's so obscure, so I didn't know if you knew about <laughs> yeah. it. So they lost a showrunner. And exa- <laughs> it's on Image Comics. So. Yeah. Um, so they lost its uh, showrunner executive producer, Stephen DeKnight. So they're still looking for a new um, showrunner. They shot um, four of the eight episodes. So they need a new showrunner to finish the rest of the season. But uh, it's based on the graphic novel, as we said. It's um, a first generation of superheroes who received their powers in the 1930s. Now, in present day, the Reverend Elder Guard, but their superpowered children struggle to live up to the legendary feats of their parents. So that's another good uh, Netflix show. Let's play, let's play Netflix. Let's talk about Stranger Things. Um, yes, 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 yes. Mm. <laughs> um, we're gonna end with Stranger Things. But no, 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 no. Because you want to end it when I'm already gone. No. Well, let's, let's do it now. And we'll end it with trying Stranger to punish things. you. That's what it is. Well, Cindy, did you know about Cindy Lauper's new Netflix series? I, I do. knew. I knew you want to hear about this one. She's collaborating with Jane Lynch. Jesse James, porn star, dead at 43. Oh my God, that must be breaking, breaking news in TMZ. Oh man, Jesse you heard James. it here first on B two B. Ah, rest in peace, Jesse James. I want, I'm guessing it it was drug related. I mean, it was old age. That's very cynical um, of you, Al. Cause of death is unknown. Oh, boy. cause of death, saving a when bus full of orphans. That's that, what happened. When it's she, she died that, saving all those orphans. When it's someone that young, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. She appeared in the Showtime series Weeds. Mm. I choose to work on the Stern show a lot. So anyway, Cindy Lauper and Jane Lynch are collaborating on a project on Netflix, um, and apparently they're calling it the Golden Girls for Today. Yeah. That's fine. As long as you don't call it Golden Girls, I'm fine with it. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, don't reboot the show. Just make a new fucking show. It's the whole theme of tonight. Just make something new. Let it stand on its own. A half-hour comedy, and... um, yeah, so we'll just have to see details. Good for Cindy Lauper. I'm glad to see her get some mm-hmm. good projects. Yeah. Get some love. Yeah. And um, Stranger Things. <laughs> Stranger mm-hmm. Things. All right. All right so Stranger Things. Uh, I got you. I got you. You want to wrap with Stranger Things? Phenomenal season. Yeah, I guess you know what we. we I mean, People, let's just talk I about, liked let's it. Let's talk talk about your thoughts, Shachik. I mean, obviously, um, it's all about the ending of Stranger Things, is what what everyone's talking about. Like, did Hopper survive? Yes. 
Okay. No. Which yes. he probably did. You think he Absolutely survived? he did. I think he's dead. Yeah. There's <laughs> no way. <laughs> There's zero, zero percent chance They need died. to drop some characters, right? No. You can't keep like they fighting all these whatever so without the, people dying. People got to die at some point in the story. Oh, people have been dying. Right, but like it has to keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's well, they, they drop. Uh, Billy died. That's yeah. 100% sure. Uh, played, played awesomely. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he did. Bring back the mullet. Zachary Montgomery, I believe. Bring him back yeah. the mullet. Yeah. I mean, uh, brought back, another brought back the mullet. Yep. I mean, how funny was like um, all the um, housewives, you know, that's pining yeah. over him as a lifeguard. <laughs> that was funny. And, and then him yeah. doing him doing the um, yeah. Fast Times, uh, Phoebe Kate's role coming out of the pool that in slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my man's you know, smooth as shit. With, yeah. um, with um, moving in stereo by the cars. But the reason why we think that someone is definitely alive, because don't forget that post credit scene. Okay. So okay. viewers discover there's an American being held in a Russian prison where other unluckier inmates are fed to the Demogorgon. Now, some seems apparent that we're wondering if Hopper is still alive. He is. Is it him in that prison, or no. is it possibly the Russian translator dude? No, who, I thought it was not him either. Um, because both of them... You know, we're not sure what happened. You think it's going to be him? What Russian translator? The Russian translator between uh, Alexei, the bald guy, between Alexei and... Uh, yeah, the uh, the conspiracy theorist. Like, oh. you call it from my fucking phone? <laughs> oh, I mean... But how would they have got him and brought him all the way to Russia? Well, both of them supposedly no. were in that... That quick. S- th- well, we're, you know, we're, yeah. we're in that last scene where the upside down kind of closed up. And they were possibly both engulfed in the upside down world because so, we didn't see any bodies, we didn't see anything. I got a great Easter egg for so, you. So you know the number he uses in that, the Russian translator guy, it's a legit number. It's not five five. And you call it, mm-hmm. you'll get his answering machine. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. he will go off on you for about ten minutes for calling his landline. He'll be like, <laughs> "You got the government here. They know what I'm That's looking right. at. You looking at? Do me a favor. Hang up and kill yourself." And he just goes on. His mom interrupts like halfway <laughs> right. through. It's fucking brilliant. So if you're a Stranger Things fan, go look at that number and give it a call. So yeah, I haven't I haven't tried yeah, it's tried good. it yet. Yeah. Is it cool? No, okay. he's um. Hopper's definitely alive because if he would have died, <laughs> it's definitely. If he would have died, they would have showed him dying. It, I think they would show. It would have been a sad scene, just like, like Sean Aston. Yeah, he'd have he'd been laying there, and, and they would have definitely wrapped it up, and he would have been dead. By the way, I feel, he disintegrated. I no, feel bad for he, Sean Aston because not only his character died in Stranger Things, his his Netflix show got canceled. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With, but, with, uh, but Hopper Hopper like went into the Upside Down. Mm-hmm. He, he even told um, Eleven to leave the door open like um, three inches or whatever he said. Right. So he definitely j- jumped in there before the thing blew up and it closed mm-hmm. up on him. And um, I don't th- I don't think he's the American. I think that would be too obvious. I mean, he, possibly he could be, but I think that would be... It's got to be someone big, though. I mean, I mean, it might, might be um, Papa, uh, Matthew Modine, you know, coming back. Ah, that's a good that's a good one. You know, Matthew like... Um, yes, because he, he kind of just, oddly enough, just disappeared after season or, one. Or it, that's or it, it could be that... Um, that 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 random girl from season two um, who had had those um, powers, they might have captured her and with another number. I, num- uh, I was yeah, wondering yeah. where those kids went. Right, right? Yeah. we had like all these super powered kids that didn't just like blipped off the radar. Right, right. Yeah. It's kind of just like a You're side right. story. Where did like, they yeah, go? Like, I thought that was sloppy writing. That was kind of like it was going to be a spinoff. Like yes, you know, like, like back in the eighties, we never like saw these, them yeah. after season two. Yeah, like a little yeah. power team was whatever, and she changed her whole look. She yeah. came right. back all goth, yeah. hairs like back, right. bitching like because yeah, like, back in the eighties, it always would show these um, TV shows like Mary, Mary with Children. You know, um, yeah, they would show like two new characters you never saw before, and the whole episode would be focused on that. Right, and they would try to like do a spinoff show of that, but they usually would like either spinoff get canceled or yeah, never, fizzle, yeah. or never get spinoff. But right. like, 
my opinion was this season was the best season of Stranger Things, and and I loved the other two seasons. I loved probably season one more, but season two I thought was phenomenal too, and this one I thought was the best out of the three. You thought it was the best? I think it was. Like Wow. Even better than the first season. I think so. I mean, just incredible job with the 80s mall. Like, I've never seen a set design yeah. capture the 80s that well. Set design was awesome. You're going to yeah. like Wonder Woman. Wonder yeah, Woman exactly. looks good. I heard that, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, usually, like, like the show Glow, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in the series on um, Goldberg's, they each have mall scenes, but there's real, like, it's real low budget 80s malls, and right. they might show like maybe one store or show a background or whatever. But nobody has yeah. has like, created a whole entire mall, you know, from scratch, and then have like the stores actually have like clothes and merchandise yeah. and stuff in the stores, you yeah. know. And even when when they went to the 7-Eleven, it had all the different 80s stuff in the 7-Eleven. Right. And went back into the supermarket again. It had like, the whole aisle of um, 80s cereal, and they did a great mm-hmm. job just recreating everything. And then also like Coke. Um, you know, having the new Coke in, in this series when it came out in 85 in real life, and now this took place in 85, and then incorporating the new Coke and the whole debate whether that I thought was that better was funny. than I thought the so Coca-Cola, yeah. you know, the, the old Coke or whatever. It's a great you, job. You're a great, big fan of that. Oh, yeah. great actors, this whole thing. I mean, this is... So so many times I see people do the 80s and do it wrong, and this is, this is <laughs> the one series that they actually do it right, you know, and like... Well, you know what it has to do with? I think it's the Duffer Brothers. Uh, they were the kids' age around that time. Okay, yeah. They were all um, the main cast, Eleven right. and, and the, the four boys, and they grew up in that period, and yes, that's exactly... You I know, think they lived it, so yeah, when they're writing yeah, it, and they, they're very accurate with it. Yeah, they so. do it painstakingly, um, I mean, like... You know, and like mm-hmm. the, the the TV show, the Goldbergs gets around that by just saying like 1980 something where they yeah. are because it, it's hard to keep a timeline. But like, you know, even though I love the Hot Tub Time Machine, like a lot of that stuff I'd see, like I think it took place in '86 in the movie, and some mm-hmm. of the stuff that they um, music they played and stuff didn't come out yeah. until '87. Right. So like like Salt and Pepper Push It, like and I'm like, and for me being like you know loving the '80s, that kind of takes it away from me. It takes me out of the yeah. um, you know suspension of dis- disbelief. But you know. Having um, Dustin and like and his girl like sing um, Never Ending Story, I thought Loved was it. a great job. Loved like, it. Yeah, that was a good yeah, song. That was a good like, song. I fell yeah. out of my chair yeah, in that it, scene. It's yeah, phenomenal. Like, just, <laughs> such great character development in this yeah. in this series, you know, and like and so many great references. I mean, I thought I thought it was you a great show. You know who I th- thought it really well was Maya Hawk, who is uh, Uma Thurman and yes. Ethan Hawke's daughter, who uh, worked in the ice cream shop uh, with uh, Jim Carrey's character. Uh, yeah. They did a fantastic. Both of them uh, collectively did a, a great job, and, and it's crazy because he was such a dick in uh, his season of of la- the previous season. Yeah, his character that is, and then this season he's kind of like a likable character. Steve, Steve, yeah, he wasn't no, a no, dick. not last season. No, no, the first season. season was it first season? Yeah, he was a dick? yeah, last season he, uh, he. Even at the end of the first season, they they turned his character. Arc. By yeah. the end of the first season, he's okay. a good guy. He buys him a camera. They're talking with it like, yeah, okay. Yeah, last no, season he really took. Steve um, Harrington's the fucking man. You don't Dusty bad under, Steve. under his wing. Okay, well, well yeah. I mean, he, he had a, a, an arc. He had a very interesting arc. But see, yeah. he was kind of the antagonist of season one. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. In the beginning. That's beginning, what I'm yeah. But yeah. by season two, he's already a hero. Yeah, he is. He is. Season two, he's Okay, so maybe I, missed, uh, maybe yeah. I missed my season. Yeah, he yeah. takes the baseball bat to the dev- – Steve Harrington's the first guy to go one-on-one with a Demogorgon, right? Yeah. Steve's yeah. my man. <laughs> yeah, I mean – And, you know, when they add these characters to um, the show, they build mm-hmm. up every character. Even that um, – that one um, Russian guy with the with the um, the Slurpees or whatever. Yeah, that's a great yeah. character. Yeah, great character. Great character. Yeah, like um, mm-hmm. I want strawberry. Yeah. So so when these characters die <laughs> or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I felt right. bad yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like when great these characters character. die and stuff, then you care about them, you know? Right. I like I like The Walking great Dead. Writing. The Walking Dead has a million characters and people die. And you don't you don't give a shit. You didn't yeah. care about anybody on the Pikes? 
I cared about a couple a of them. A few of them. Yeah, you did. Them, but, yeah. but a lot of them I was happy to see gone. Because <laughs> they were annoying characters. So I, I knew yeah. nothing about them. I was yeah. super happy. They pissed like, yeah. me off and I'm like, good. That's what you fucking get. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Follow about, the goddamn rules. So what's going on with Eleven now? So now she thinks she has no father figure with Hopper being mm. in the upside down world yeah. or in the prison or where the heck he is. Um, we know he's not dead. We're pretty dead. sure he's not disintegrated. dead. He's not dead. He thinks he's dead. disintegrated. No. Okay. But uh, <laughs> so at the end we Frozen saw carbonite. Yeah. she was moving with um, with Winona Ryder's character. Right. They're splitting and, up the cast. And, and um, her son. And uh, I, I guess she's moving in with them. Is Which that, I thought that was gonna gonna going to be an interesting choice because that's going to make the story writing more difficult mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. But I also thought it was necessary because, like, you can't just keep all the problems in this one damn little town. Eventually, yeah. the powers that be are like, all right, well, we need but to. How cool was it when she threw that that um, that car inside the mall across, you know, Dude. into the yeah. Russians? She, she saved them. And, and it, here's discovered, right? And here's what I love about the show and how they do it, right? Eleven's a badass female character, right? Right. Yeah. But yet she doesn't go around the whole entire time telling everybody, like, oh, I'm a badass female character. Exactly. Like, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's like, exactly what we're talking like, about. Like, like Captain Marvel Captain does Marvel that. Captain Marvel does that, right? Yeah. Like, everyone's there, like, oh, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I'm a and girl. It, <laughs> and, I'm it's, and it's empty and fake. <laughs> yeah. So, so Eleven is a heroic character, yeah. and that's the dominant trait. She happens to be female, and that's right, why exactly, it works. Right, exactly, right. They're and not right. trying to ram it down your throat. And, it's, and right. that's what opens people's minds. Yeah. If you see, like, a true dynamic character, somebody's complex, and they happen to be gay. Or they happen to be right. Native American. Right. The same thing with yeah. um, Emma Thurman's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when she announced that, like, yeah, they don't beat us up with it. Bisex- yeah. Bisexual. It's like, okay, well, you already, you already, you know, love this character already, and right. now you find out she happens to be a lesbian. Yeah. You Not know, it wearing like, it on her sleeve. Yeah. And and it, they even did it the right way in the '80s, where she wouldn't have been going around saying it the whole time anyway. She would have unacceptable. She would have kept right. it right. to herself and, and only announced it to close friends right, right, at right. the time when she then considered Steve to be a close friend. But you know, even cool with Baskin Robbins having promotions with Stranger Things. Oh, that that ice cream was delicious. Yeah, by coming the way. out with that. Um, the Eleven one was really good. I love the Russian. Eleven heaven. Nobody has thirty one yes. flavors. Yeah, it's lie. Right. It's American lie. <laughs> you know, no having thirty one flavors. Having <laughs> that little the, the boat ice cream, you know, from yes. um, Scoops Ahoy, and having like, the yeah. the Demogorgon um, ice cream. Mm. I mean, it's cool seeing all these different um, tie-ins from real companies, yep. like how they used to do it back in the 80s, and they stopped doing it for a long time, and now they're like, we're bringing it back for this. And it's a way for them to make money, too. Yeah, and it's good to see you Netflix know? you know, becoming like main, they're, they're yeah. more mainstream yeah. like that. Yeah. That was uh, the only part of the thing I didn't, I didn't get. I don't care if Steve Harrington is in a hat at Baskin-Robbins. He'd still be a lady killer. You can put him <laughs> anything you want. I, yeah. I can't believe l- ladies weren't talking to Steve. You know, they they could have made a Baskin-Robbins set of scoops ahoy since they had the whole promotion they with Baskin-Robbins. They did. They officially changed it. There, there was two locations, and I, I had a, um, as somebody that I know, like went up to Toronto and happened to stumble upon it by accident, where they had like a Baskin Robbins was actually turned into Scoops Ahoy. Oh. It had the sign on the front, and they were wearing the uniforms and stuff and what? selling like the ice cream. And there was, I think, there was another. I think the other location was in L.A. Um, for sure. Okay. It's just kind of like a pop-up for the Baskin-Robbins. And I like it, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. You're I, right. They used to do that with almost every movie, though. Like, a m- big movie come out in the summer, and Domino's would do something. Oh, yeah, big time. would do something. And Especially like, McDonald's. Like, like, yeah. I mean, McDonald's promoting Batman Returns. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, yeah. like, we're 12, so we'd have to go get the toys, this yeah. cheap little thing. <laughs> but, like, you saw it on commercials, so you, well, you desperately know, wanted yeah. that shit. I hope uh, Rick and Morty, with Rick and Morty coming back, they'll mm-hmm. have uh, McDonald's bring back the Szechuan sauce. Um, well, it's so better than the like, third season of Rick and Morty. Better than, than <laughs> so like trading somebody a car for that sauce. If somebody did, remember uh, a car for that sauce? Yeah, somebody, somebody, um, somebody traded a whole car for that sauce. Oh so. my god! Yeah. what an idiot! Look I'm sorry. Up, yeah. That's like the stupidest thing in the world. Yep. Um, 
Touch, how much time do we have? I have a you? minute. You have a minute? Yeah. Okay. Um, Amazon's Lords of the Rings TV series filming in New Zealand. Told I know you. I know you're stoked about that. Pre-production has started, Martin. They uh, need to cast me. <laughs> so this um, Peter Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. um, well, so Peter Jackson, who is director of the LOTR film trilogy and The mm-hmm. Hobbit. Um, so I, I guess he. Well, am I reading this right? So is he going to be involved or not? Let's see. I don't think he's directing. So, no, so, so I think he's executive producer because yeah. he he actually made the country of New Zealand an, a, a candidate. Yeah. For for the Prime Video's adaptation. So, um, again, and it's set in the Middle Earth. Um, the television adaptation will explore new storylines preceding J.R.R. Tolkien's Fellowship of the Ring. Um, so, obviously, is New Zealand's a place to go, man. I mean, that's good for all the uh, fantasy um, yeah. fantasy type shoots. I mean, it, and what they ended up doing is they created Lord of the Rings was so complex they ended up making uh, Weta Works digital. So they founded a company mm-hmm. to do all the special effects, and that company remained intact after the films. Mm-hmm. So now it's still a separate entity. And so like he yeah. is part of that, and that's why he's the executive producer because they're going to do all the, the same thing. You're going to get the same scenery, the same effects, the same weapons, the same monsters. Because that shit, I mean, it's, it's legit. I mean, the effects in those movies were phenomenal. And they're hopefully going to bring the same quality to the TV show. They are. Which I hope they do the same thing with The Mandalorian, which the trailer Mm -hmm. looks fantastic. They'll hopefully do the same thing. Keep that quality, level of quality, like a Game of Thrones, you know? I'm so excited for those shows. They're going to be phenomenal. Well, it's great seeing you guys. Take care. So Chacha McFly is going to be exiting the building. Feels good to be back. Below the Belt show will be continuing. Happy birthday. Thank you, man. We'll talk soon, man. All right. Um, Apple TV is getting, I know you're a man of literature. Yeah. Um, they're doing a modern take on Dickinson. Uh, Emily Dickinson in her early rebellious years. Uh. What do you think of that? Um, starring the amazing Haley Steinfeld as Emily Dickinson. Um, and, um, uh. and they just signed John Mulaney to play writer Henry David Thoreau. And here's the thing. Like, I love John <laughs> Mulaney. Uh-huh. I could give a fuck about Dickinson, like both as a character <laughs> and a contributions. And like, I'm not big on American lit in general, like oh, British okay. literature. Oh, British literature is your But your like, jam, if you're right. gonna pick an American writer, Thoreau is not the guy. Thoreau, his two, main two book, roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took that, the road. That's less Robert followed? Frost, my brother. Is that, that's not Thoreau. I hate to geek oh, out on you. Sorry, man, you I got. I gotta flex my degrees. Thoreau okay. wrote Walden. Thoreau's claim to fame is he went and lived by a pond for two and a half yes, years, and, and nothing fucking happened, okay. and he wrote that. <laughs> Here's a little Easter egg for you. The uh-huh. book is so boring, the publisher had him insert a fight between a black ant and a fire ant. It's okay. made up, didn't happen, and that's your car chase scene in his book, right? Two ants fight in some chapter. Oh, that's wow. the most exciting okay. thing. It's boring as fuck, so I'm probably not going to check that out. <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be on Apple TV if you want to check it out, and Haley Steinfeld actually created a track specifically for... Dickinson called Afterlife. So we'll have to check it out. I'm a big fan of hers, so we'll see what happens. Um, so another Game of Thrones prequel could be on the way. As you know, they already shot the first um, trilogy. Uh, sorry, the, sorry, the first trilogy. The first prequel, which stars Naomi Watts, which um, takes place thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones. Now, the second prequel that uh, apparently HBO is about to order is set only 300 years before the start of Game of Thrones, and it documents the glory days of the Targaryen family. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be based on George R.R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood book. Yeah. So again, I think they should go close to source <laughs> material 
George has already proved himself to be a, perf- uh, a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so stick close to um, the source material. I think you'll, it's going to do well. This prequel, I think it, it's not really tied to any book per se. So I'm... Uh, but although George is a producer and is and is uh, I think overseeing some of it, yeah, I so. think it will be. Um, George, you think it will be? Okay. He he released a bunch of short stories that again were a couple centuries before where where uh, Game of Thrones takes place. Okay. And it's where the and, and it's with the rise of Igon the Great, but okay. him as a kid, and it's him uh, at this uh, earlier tournament when he meets the guy that eventually becomes the greatest Kingsguard ever, Sir Duncan the Tall. And these short stories are phenomenal. Is this Duncan Egg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you read them? Yeah. No, I haven't read them. But they, that's, they're so good. Yeah. And that's what I think they're going to do with this. Okay, they're going to take some, uh, some, some elements from that. Yeah, yeah, and what's so cool about the series is that it's nobody we've heard of before, right? It's nobody that's right. Like alive right now, but it's their ancestors. So right. at this tournament, you get... Um, the great grandfather of Robert Baratheon, who's called the Laughing Storm, because he's this giant guy who, as he jousts, he's like cracking up the whole time, and he's Lord <laughs> of Storms. End. Okay. And then you get other, uh, you 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 get you get Starks, you get Lannisters, so you get these guys that like have been hinted at and heard of in legend, okay. like you know, Aegon becomes Igon the Great and Dunk becomes Duncan the Tall. Um, mm-hmm. But you get to watch the mythology sort of like unfold. Okay. Well, the announced prequel uh, takes place thousands of years before the Stark kids were born. Um, it, it's apparently These thousands. It, I, th- I thought it said hundreds. Well, hundreds is going to be this new prequel. This new one. Okay. The one that they shot is thousands. Now, this thousands. one chronicles the descent uh, from the golden age of heroes into the world's darkest hours, and will explain the true origin of the White Walkers. Oh, so that's what's that's interesting. Yeah. And share the horrifying secrets of Westeros history. And that's good because that's, what we're gonna get. that's one of the things that everybody was so butthurt about is that people wanted to know the origin of the White Walkers and then mm-hmm. people thought they knew and then they didn't know and fans wanted to kill themselves. And right. Yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking forward to it. So if, for those of the us that thought Game of Thrones was going to be you know, the end of an era, we're still getting um, George R.R. Mm-hmm. R. Martin... No. Uh, his world. We're still getting his right. world. Which means that he will now no. definitely never finish those damn books. He's no. not gonna. He's just gonna keep making TV shows. He's mm-hmm. never gonna go back and finish the initial trilogy. Right. And or we'll, not the trilogy, uh, the series. We're gonna wrap up in uh, about ten minutes. How does that sound? Yeah, all right. Uh, NBC. Uh, we talked about the streaming service, but on This Is Us, which I got to work on last week. Uh, gosh, another project I've been working a lot on. Would you? Uh, Would you do on This so, Is Us? So This Is Us again, uh, as the episode hasn't aired. Um, I had a really cool scene with a new character that's going to be on this season, and um, when I can talk about it, I will. But uh, we shot up in Philadelphia. Um, mm. They shot, a, they shoot a lot of it, um, I believe, in on uh, in Los Angeles, but they shoot some areas in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, fictional, well, supposedly Pittsburgh, but right. now um, they chose Philadelphia to shoot in Philadelphia instead. So. Again, um, stoked to be a part of this one. We'll see. When I can talk, so this particular one, I, I'm a little hesitant to talk about because it's still. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get lines in there? Did you squeeze in any so dialogue? Th- that's the thing. That's the thing. There's potential upgrades. Gotcha. This, this particular yeah. scene I did, yeah, you so. be careful then. You just keep that under your hat. So, we'll yeah. So until then, I, we're going we're gonna to wait on that. See, I'm going to push you on the Brad Pitt shit. I'm not going <laughs> to fuck with your career. That's fine. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> That's a good point, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tank a fellow actor. Yeah. So Stephen Amell, um, as you know, uh, he's leaving Arrow because they have their upcoming 
final season, he's going to be a part of a wrestling drama series called Heels, which is going to be on the Stars Network. Heels. Yeah, Heels. Isn't that crazy? Heels. Yep. Um, it's an hour-long drama about men and women who chase their dreams in a small town of pro wrestling. And as you know, Stephen Amell has experience with pro wrestling as he wrestled uh, for uh, WWE. Who, who, um, what character was he? Stephen Amell was uh, Green Arrow. Uh, he was Arthur No, I mean Queen. in the WWE. Uh, WWE. He played himself. He was a, he, he wrestled as his celebrity right, so character. So the arrow showed up in the I yeah, missed this he, whole he, fucking um, thing. He was in a tag team match. That's uh, hilarious. I think uh, I'm trying to remember who he it was a SummerSlam main event. Yeah. He teamed up with someone. Cuz he's in yeah. shape. That's a good looking but he, kid. But he's tra- he's he's a stud, but he did train to be a professional wrestler. So I think this is a natural role for him uh-huh. with the wrestling experience. Now here's another surprise and speaking of stars series, American Gods has added Marilyn Manson to the cast of season three. It's a great three. show. Yeah. It's so a great show. Based on so, Neil Gaiman's books. They're legit. Yeah. Yeah. Another, again, another great yeah. um, series adapted yeah. from a graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, just, just like book. Game of Thrones, right? we got this successful story. You yep. might as well throw it on the big screen. You already got your so, storyboards planned out. But Marilyn Manson, this is interesting. So he'll play jo- Johan Wengren, lead okay. singer of Blood Death, a Viking death metal band. Why not? That is the source of power for... Ian McShane's Mr. Wednesday character. Yeah, because Mr. Wednesday is Odin. Yep, it's just he's another o- name for yes, all fathers. Yes, yes, Odin, yep. Yeah. And the character... Again, nerd. I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> this character is not from Neil Gaiman's book, though, so they're doing something different. Um, not from Neil Gaiman's book of the same hmm. name that the series is based on. So, um, so you know, I think there's... How many books is there in American Gods? Because I think... I don't know. I, it's a couple. It's an ongoing series. Okay, so, so I guess... I guess the first season only went through so much of the first book. So I think They're going really slow, which I like. Yeah. Because often what happens when you do these book adaptations, you miss stuff and they skip over yep. stuff because you figure like season one has to be book one, season two has to be book two. Yep. They didn't do that with American Gods. They broke it up at like logical stopping points mm-hmm. so they could like be more dramatic with the story. Yep. So like the whole first season of American Gods, you don't know who Mr. Wednesday is. And season one ends with him saying his god name. He goes, I am Odin. And yes. then there's explosions and it's fucking cool. It's a phenomenal concept. And, yeah. and, and Neil Gaiman is such a prolific writer. I mean, The Sandman, which hopefully they'll yeah. be adapting sometime soon. Yeah. And that's like that's yeah. what we need more of, right? We need more like original content, new ideas. Like, Based on great source material. Right, right. That's like, what we need. Yeah, Hollywood just seems to like still like con- consistently like rehash and re- and I get it. Like they're hurting for money. They want profits. But like I promise you guys, profits will come yeah. from this new shit. So Sansa Stark. So if you turn on moving on to our next project, which... Now, this is another new service, Martin. Can you believe it? It's called Queeby. I'm not buying it. Can you believe it? Now, Queeby is a new um, online platform. Um, it's founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg, and apparently it's targeted at younger viewers or premium content delivered in quick bites for viewing on the go. Which well, I like, don't know if you can have a serious yeah. television series for people on the go. That's but, like YouTube. Yeah, it sounds you know? like it's marketed for millennials. So yeah, you get like five minutes of jokes and I think it butts out. But I don't know how you can do um, a series based on a novel. So it's called Survive. The series based on a novel of the same name. It, it follows Jane, played by Sophie Turner, okay. who has to fight for her life when her plane crashes on a remote snow-covered mountain. Okay. And the character Paul, played by Corey Hawkins, best known for Straight Outta Compton, is the only other remaining survivor, and together they embark on a harrowing journey out in the wilderness, battling brutal conditions and personal trauma. So, you know, a, a survival type of uh, show. Um, Sounds like a fun show. I'm just not sure how it breaks into, like, 12-minute bites. 
But we do love Sansa Stark, and will it be 12 minutes? I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, mean, I thought you said it was shorter than well, like, shorter they, like they, they said that it's going to be known for those kind of, of things, but how can you have a series that would have 12-minute bites, though? The only know? thing I can think of is if you did it like Sunday comic strips, like Garfield or something, where people yeah. are so familiar with the characters that if you put them in a quick scene, it makes sense. They said quick bites. I mean, yeah. that, that could be that still could be 30 minutes, you know? I don't know. We'll, we'll, Sounds we'll like see. they're just swinging for a new demographic. They're trying to be different. They're trying I to be the next, the next Netflix. And the That's next Queeby project is called... Queeby. Yep. It's uh, it's a remake of The Fugitive, the Harrison Ford movie, The Fugitive, which will star Kiefer Sutherland, um, playing Detective uh, Clay Bryce. Mm. Um, so it will be a series version of the movie that we saw with Harrison Ford in 93. Hmm. So I, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen, but we'll see how that transpires in another new streaming platform that we do not want to subscribe to. Um, yeah, fuck him. Like, it's about drawing a line in the sand. I'm not going to do it. Disney Plus has sold me. I'm sorry, but they, they completely sold I me. Get it. I completely. I get it. I, I got am completely it. committed and I got to cut them off. Because mostly because of the Mandalorian, you know. I, I oh, and, I, and they have all the great titles. Like, if I was going to, like, start from scratch... I'd probably go grab Disney because it's mm-hmm. got the Marvel stuff, it's got the yep. Star Wars stuff, it's yep. got the, you know, like, I get it. Instead, mm-hmm. because I'm over this shit, I'm just going to steal somebody's password. That's yep. what's going to happen. So the last thing we're going to talk about before close tonight's show is right. the uh, 2019 Emmys, um, which is happening this Sunday. Um, celebrity presenters include Zendaya, Michael Douglas, Viola Davis, Taraji P. Henson, Billy Porter, Angela Bassett, Naomi Watts. The cast of Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark, Sophie Turner, Kit Harrington, Lena Headey, Maisie Williams. Uh, by the way, HBO secured 32 nominations this year, the most of any show in a single season, which I think is fantastic. And certainly, even you, you though mean Game of Thrones, you said even HBO. though Game of Thrones final. It was fine. Final season it had fine. its critics, criticisms. People forget it wasn't supposed to be the final season, right? There's mm-hmm. seven books. There's supposed to be seven seasons. Mm-hmm. The eight season, it was all extra. They yeah. gave us six extra episodes to make sure it wasn't rushed. And then they, everyone went, you oh. guys rushed the extra episodes. That's what they say about those six episodes. They thought yeah. they were kind of rushed. You yeah. think, those you things th- should have even been there. They, th- that was all great. Do you think those six could have been feasibly no, I, I'm bookended saying, to season seven? I'm saying they, should, they, they were supposed to be. Okay. And in order not to do that, in order not to rush, they gave us a whole extra season we weren't supposed to get. Yeah. And all we did was bitch about it. And to have phenomenal special effects for yeah. the final season, which they had to go the extra mile yeah. to make these episodes yeah, work. Yeah, the battles and everything. Yeah, and these like battles was, you know, and the, the everything was, was crazy. So, uh, just some of the nominees. Um, outstanding comedy series includes Barry uh, on Barry. HBO. Oh, is that with um, Bill Hader? Yep. That's the shit. Fleabag on Prime. Have, have you seen any of uh, Barry? I, I, I've been told it's a great do you know show. The, do you know the premise? It. It's um it's a serial killer or a murderer uh-huh. that ends up in Los Angeles and enrolls in an acting school. He wants to become an actor. Yeah. So he wants to walk away from being a serial killer and he wants to turn into us. But he wants to be an actor. Becoming an actor beautiful. would probably help him in court because he can lie better. I, maybe, no, no, he just that, he, like he wants is? to walk away from the violence. He's done with the life. He wants to express himself and emote himself in characters. Like it's, and he, yeah, it's and he, awesome. And, and he's somehow able to escape the law. Yeah, well, he's good at being a serial killer and all this stuff. Okay. But like, it's funny. So, so he hasn't been caught. He, just, he hasn't escaped or anything. He's really good at his job. Um, but like, you're gonna get because they do like auditions and like not getting callbacks and like headshots. Like, you're gonna as an actor, you'll enjoy so much of the show. Okay. Yeah. I gotta tune in. He gets an acting coach. I gotta check it out. 
Fleabag I've heard was good, so I'm prime. Fleabag's Russian Doll. Legit. I actually went to um, a SAG screening in Los Angeles for the first three episodes. It stars Natasha Lyonne. Mm. Schitt's Creek, which is finally it's getting its final season uh, upcoming. I haven't seen that. Has Russian gotten, Doll's like, good. Which is interesting because it's now getting noticed on the Emmys and it's in its final season. I think they're, I might, I'm wondering if they're regretting ending the series. Um, the Good Place on NBC, Great. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and V Great. for the final season are all a comedy series. Best uh, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series, Bill Hader for Barry. See? Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Ted Danson, The Good Place, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, and Michael Des- Douglas, Kaminsky Method. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, Christina Applegate, Dead to Me, Natasha Lyonne, Russian Doll, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fleabag, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek, Rachel Brosnahan, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Julie Dreyfus, Veep. Um, we can skip the out the supporting on both. Yeah. Let's go to the Kaminsky um, method was also very good. I don't know if you watched that, but again, it's about being an actor yeah. and being a thing. And Michael Douglas crushes that. It's very well. Awesome. Outstanding drama series. Let's go over to nominees. Better Call Saul. Great show. Bodyguard on Netflix. Game of Thrones, HBO, Killing Eve, BBC America. Ozark, Netflix, Pose, FX. Great. Succession, HBO, This Is Us, NBC. Lead actor in a drama series. Bob Odenkirk. Better Call Saul. Kit Harington, Game of Thrones. Jason Bateman, Ozark. Billy Porter, Pose. Sterling K. Brown. And Milo Ventramilia, both from This Is Us. So, yeah, I I can agree with all those. Oh, they're phenomenal. All phenomenal phenomenal actors right there. Um, Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Amelia Clark, Game of Thrones, Robin Wright, House of Cards. She had to step up to the plate and take Kevin's place as the lead. Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, Murder, Sandra Oh, Killing Eve, Jodie Comer, Killing Eve, Lauren Linney, Ozark, Mandy Moore, This Is Us. And let's go over two more categories. The supporting actor in a drama series, Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul. Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito, Better Call Saul. Alfie Allen, Theon Greyjoy himself, Game of Thrones. Nikolai Coster waldo Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones. Our boy, Michael Kelly, who's interviewed on Below the Belt. Wishing him all the luck for House of Cards. They put Peter Dinklage in as supporting? Yeah, I guess it's, it's interesting He's because I thought they're like a part He's of a an central ens- character. I thought all of Game of Thrones is considered an ensemble. I didn't right. think Kit was considered a lead. I thought he's an ensemble, but I guess he is a lead. He's certainly a lead, but if he is so, Tyrion Lannister is a fucking lead. And he's always been nominated for supporting, so I don't know. He's always that been so, creeps yeah. me out, man. I don't know. Uh, and no. Chris Sullivan, this is us, the best supporting actor nominees. Outstanding supporting actress Lena Headey, Game of Thrones. Sophie Turner, Game of Thrones, Maisie Williams, Game of Thrones, Gwendolyn Christie, Game of Thrones. Four actresses from Game of Thrones, Martin. Girl power. Um, also, Fiona Shaw, Killing Eve, and Julia Garner, Ozark. Um, all very um, deserving um, nominees. Julia Garner, in particular, is uh, really talented. She is. Um, she, she plays uh, her role of... Very uh, subtle really, actress. She's yeah. Very, very well. And I actually went to screening Q&A in Los Angeles for that. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's um, talented. So that that's it, man. Um, there's lots of categories. But we don't need to go over all those categories, but we will mm. be watching intently the Emmys. Um, how are we looking? No time? Okay. And um, last but not least, let's wish our boy Ray Lewis well on Dancing with the Stars. Hopefully goes far in the competition as Ray Lewis is teaming up with Cheryl Burke. Um, And some interesting celebrities that are on this season include James Vanderbeek, 
Lauren Elena from American Idol. Dawson. Hannah Brown, Karama Brown, Mary Wilson, Kate Flannery, Allie Brooke, Lamar Odom, who pretty much escaped death mm-hmm. after overdosing on cocaine and banging uh, several hookers. Uh, Kel Mitchell. Is that uh, the Kardashians, do you mean, or, or other yes, hookers? The, um, oh, different hookers. The hookers from the, <laughs> the, the ranch in Vegas, that yeah. is. I was talking about the Kardashians. And can you believe it? Former press secretary Sean Spicer is also on Dancing with the Stars. Shut the fuck Yes, he's up. on this season of Dancing with the Stars. Go get him, Spicy. You mess him up. And Christy Brinkley was the final name that was going to be appearing, but she got injured during her rehearsal. So her daughter, model Sailor Brinkley Cook, will be replacing... That sounds like a likely story. That sounds like a scripted move. You think it's scripted? She yeah. just didn't want to do it? Yeah. Or like she like <laughs> tried to get into like the first week, everything went bad. They're like, listen, my daughter's going to do this. It'll help her career. That, you know. <laughs> so apparently she learned uh, the entire routine in place of her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Awfully so, convenient, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Who was prepared to step in. Right. And she just happened to be ready to but go. But she apparently... Well, the, the thing is she required surgery on her wrist and arm. So I don't know. Yeah, because that wrist surgery that really stopped sound, you from dancing. Does that sound uh, that like... That injured wrist will stop you from moving all around on your legs, right? <laughs> yeah. They throw a cast on that. She'd be fucking fine. Yeah. Fine. They announced the next Bachelor, and it's not Martin Lopez. It's Pilot Pete, mm-hmm. <laughs> the runner-up from The Bachelorette of last season. Um, so, And in final reality TV news, Taylor Swift will be joining The Voice um, as a super mentor for the upcoming season. So check that out, guys. Um, and that's reality TV news, and that's all we're going to talk about today here on Below the Belt Show as uh, we have to wrap things up, and we always end with birthdays today. Let's do some birthdays. Shout out to the people celebrating another year around the sun, and it includes actor Robert Blake, okay, 86 today. Actor Fred Willard, also 86. Singer-actor Frankie Avalon is 79. Uh, actress Beth Grant from the Mindy Project is 70. Actress Anna Devere Smith is 69. Holly Robinson Pete from uh, 21 Jump Street, hanging with Mr. Cooper's 55. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yep. Aisha Tyler's 49. Happy birthday, Aisha. Jada Piquette Smith from Baltimore is 48. Poetic justice. Yes. James Marsden is 46. Happy birthday, Jason Sudeikis at 44. Actor Barrett Foa from NCIS Los Angeles is 42. Um, Comedian, actor Billy Eichner from American Horror Stories 41. Allison Lohman is 40. And actor Patrick Schwarzenegger, the son of Arnold, is 26. That's birthdays today. Oh, that makes me feel old. Yeah, I know, right? So it's been an incredible show from top to bottom. And see, we went, we still uh, went fairly long without a celebrity calling us. That's why it was good it? to kind of you know lay low on the, uh, the calling guests. We're starting next week, guys. Mm. An actor from It Chapter 2 in Tree Grant. Uh, again, it's going to be worth tuning into next week, guys. Closing out tonight's show, man, I was, man, I had the pleasure to interview the the star of the film yesterday, which is the, the movie If the Beatles Had Not Existed. He's uh-huh. an up-and-coming Indian actor and singer named Himesh Patel, mm-hmm. along with producer Nick Angel and director Danny Boyle. And actor Asif Mandi, who happened to be at the uh, that carpet as well. Danny Boyle's a big name, man. Danny Boyle is a huge name, guys. Yeah. See, that's why we need calling guys. Right. We got big names, yeah, guys. You've been crushing it all summer, just on the DL. Crushing it all all summer, guys. My exclusive interview with Himesh Patel, exclusive. Danny Boyle, and more 
at the Yesterday Red Carpet at the amazing Tribeca Film Festival. Follow that by another great Eddie Money song, I Want to Go Back. Guys, on behalf of Martin Lopez, a.k.a. The Last New Menorian, a.k.a. The Once and Future King. Thank you, sir. The King of the A's, Chachi McFly, who's left the building. I'm Al Celebrity Soto. Guys, we will see you next week. Until then, we'll start with Eddie Money's song, and we'll go into... Eddie fucking Money. We'll go into the Yesterday Red Carpet interviews. So we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. <laughs> Al Soto here at the BMCC for the Tribeca Film Festival, the red carpet of the feature film Yesterday, directed by Danny Boyle, starring Himesh Patel, Kate McKinnon, Lily James, Ed Sheeran, and many more. Hopefully we'll talk to some of the directors, the producers, and some of the stars of the film Yesterday. Here, click on this, so stay tuned. Guys, we're here at the red carpet of Tribeca with Nick Angel, one of the executive producers of Yesterday, which I think is an amazing premise, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you like it. I wonder what uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr think of the premise. Oh, they like it. They I do. I think, uh, I think the notion was always that the, the idea of Yesterday was kind of a, a love letter to the Beatles that, that didn't really need them. It wasn't about them, yeah. you know, and so therefore... It could be enjoyed, and their songs could be just enjoyed and and remembered for how great they are. Wow. You've got an amazing team assembled, both crew and cast. I know. Danny Boyle at the helm, starring Lily James, Himesh Patel, Kate McKinnon. I know, yeah. Uh, to tell us how the, how the head man. Yes. <laughs> and, and Ed Sheeran playing himself. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, tell us how you assembled the film, uh, uh, cast and crew. Well, basically, uh, it sort of led exponentially from one to the other uh, we got Richard on board which then meant we got working title okay. which then obviously was then universal mm -hmm. I think um, Danny cho chose his crew the people that he always works with so we got the wonderful Daniel Pemberton who's just over there doing the score nice. and then um, Himesh just did a brilliant um, audition where he had that plausible he did not look like an actor trying to be a singer yeah. 
and yet he didn't look like such an obvious rock and roll singer that you'd go, well, that guy was never going to fail. So he, you know, he hit it just right. Uh, I think Kate was um, came from a conversation with Danny and um, Donna Langley, and I mean, every British film should have Lily in it. The camera just adores her, and she's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I agree, certainly. So, wow. and then we know Ed. Ed was in Bridget Jones. Um, I work in music, so I know Ed, uh, Ed's manager pretty well. So, and also it was a great part. It's like, Ed, do you want to come and be the biggest artist in the world who finds somebody else? And he, he you know, he took. He knows Richard. He heard the story. He was like, I'm it, in. It's great. I, I saw Ed do his uh, cameo on Game of Thrones. Of course. And now he's uh, testing the feature film. Can't world. get rid of him, can we? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> Nick, it was a pleasure to talk to you, yeah. and I uh, cannot wait to see the film. All right, man. Good. All right, well, I hope you enjoy it. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. That was executive producer Nick Angel. More to come. We'll click on this here at the red carpet for yesterday. Guys, we're here. The star of yesterday, Amesh Patel, here at the red carpet of Tribeca. Are you excited to be a part of this amazing premiere of yesterday? Yeah, very excited. I mean, what an amazing festival. One of my favorite cities. And uh, it's so great to be finally sharing this film with with everyone. Yeah, for me too. Um, what a great team assembled. An amazing director in Danny Boyle. Tell us about his directing style and, and how, how it was um, on set. Yeah. Danny is he's got such a lovely energy yeah. and when he directs you it, it, you can tell he just cares so much mm -hmm. about it he's so excited by his work every day and that's infectious that means that you are excited about working every day and so it just meant that it was just the most fun set when we were working you know it was great and the cast of course Lily James Kate yeah. McKinnon tell us about your experience working with those two incredible names right there yeah I mean Lily was great it was so great yeah. to work so closely with someone who's you know she's at the top of her game she's so so brilliant and, and really fun to be around and I, I kind of need it. it was my first film and she's done a lot of great work so far so it was nice to kind of work closely with someone who knew who knew what she was doing and um, and learn from her same thing with Kate she's so just an amazing improviser and hilarious and it was so great to just kind of watch watch them both work and just absorb yeah did you get a chance to talk with um Paul McCartney or Ringo Starr, perhaps? I haven't, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm curious to I think, know what their thoughts are of the film. We'll find out. Yeah, I we'll hope. find yeah. out, right? But I think the premise is great, Amesh, and we really look forward to seeing the film. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. For director extraordinaire Danny Boyle of this amazing film yesterday, which we cannot wait to see. So, uh, just curious, uh, how did it work out with all the Beatles music? I guess uh, blessings from Paul and Ringo, I guess. Uh, well, we 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 we, we um, it's 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 produced by this company, Working Title, who are the kind of major production company in Britain, and they uh, only somebody of their kind of authority would be able to strike a deal with Apple and Sony for permission to use the music. Okay. So we got that, and then when we finished the film, we obviously sent the film to them out of respect to show what we'd done. And thankfully, they were okay with it. So, oh, that's great. Which is great. So um, I think there's a lot of pleasure in the film that hopefully people will appreciate tonight and then later on through the summer when the film's released. I hope so. Amazing. And this is a little bit different than what we've seen in the past with Train Spotting and uh, 127 Hours and, and other films that you've yeah. done in the past. Yeah. It's very different to those films, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, but, I have, yeah. yeah but I have made... Uh, there's a couple of films I've made. One's called Millions, which is a which is a similar sensibility to this one, really. And it's, um, 
its values are very tender and the ones there's a lot of comedy in this but it's also a romance a great love story and um, and obviously a, a double love story a love story about music and a love story about uh, your life partner really really and uh, tell us about your choices uh, with the main cast and how that came about well we had to find obviously the premise of the film is that this guy wakes up and he's the only person who can remember the Beatles songs and he plays 15, 20 of them, you know, I can't remember how many were in the script. And you think, well, that's either, we're either going to find that guy or we're not. It's a bit like casting a child. You're either going to find a unique individual who can carry this or not. And we auditioned a lot of guys, and it wasn't really working for me. And then this guy walked in, Himesh Patel, wherever he's gone, and um, he played a song back in the USSR, and which is a song I know really well, it's one of my favourites. And he played it like I'd never heard it before. Not that it was different, it was exactly the same as the Beatles version. But he owned it as though he'd written it. And of course that, for the film, that's wonderful. Because you think, of course, that's what, that's how everybody receives them. They think, who is this guy? Yeah. That's an amazing song. It feels familiar, but it's brilliant. And like you've heard it for the first time. So he had that. And as soon as we found him, I thought, that's him. We've got to have him. And then the rest of the cast fell into place. Lily James, we were very lucky to get Kate McKinnon. Joel Fry and Ed Sheeran himself, of course, yeah, who had a singer himself, right? playing himself, but at length. There's quite a few scenes, and he's very good in it as well. Oh, right. well thank you so much, Danny. It was a pleasure talking to you here at the red carpet of yesterday. Thank you. You don't have a cameo on this, do you? I, oh, no. I might. There's an Indian guy in the lead. So. Mandi. Asif. Asif. Asif Mandi. Mandi. Asif Mandi. Guys, we're here with actor Asif Mandi. Yes. Yes. Here at the red carpet of Tribeca. You were here yesterday for I the It Takes a Lunatic, it takes a lunatic documentary film. Documentary about my acting teacher, Wynne yes, Handman, Handman, who right. is a, uh, an incredible uh, acting teacher, but an incredible life, an incredible person who uh, helped shape so many careers, including my own. Um, and that's a documentary. It's going to be on Netflix. It got, I yeah, guess Netflix bought it. And uh, it's called It Takes a Lunatic. And uh, it's just, you know, beautiful. And he's 96 years old. I'm so glad he's able to And still teaching, which is amazing. Yeah, well, uh, tell me about his teaching style. Uh, you know, I mean, what can I say? Like, he is the preeminent, one of the preeminent uh, acting teachers and theater producers in this business. And... Uh, you know, uh, Wynn's alumni list is everybody from Denzel to Michael Douglas to Richard Gere to Joanne Woodward to John Leguizamo to, because to myself to like Connie Britton, Lauren Gray, you know, like it just goes on and on. So like he is one of these teachers who uh, I think I think helps you develop a role, develop. A, he, he was one of these teachers who helped you come in and work on a character mm -hmm. and, and then you could play that character in any place you know anytime they did that play yeah. anyway you could you could play Tom in the glass menagerie or something yeah. so it was he's I mean he was just you got to see the documentary yeah. I'm just babbling but you got to see the documentary yeah. so let's talk about this film yesterday what film is that yesterday I, I, I was here yesterday <laughs> the actual film titled yesterday where Indian actors are taking the forefront which I is amazing. know I know yeah. and How I you love feel it. about that well I love it because Danny That's Boyle clearly only casts guys named Patel as the lead in his <laughs> movies 
So I'm super excited. I'm hoping he gets to the Monvi part of this. Yes, you right. Know? So let's see. Yeah. But so far he's he's uh, he's he's filling. He's got the Patel. He's got two Patels now. Uh-huh. He needs one Monvi. Maybe a. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a Desai or a Khan or a Singh somewhere <laughs> later, you know? We'll get the Mambi soon, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the next project. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking. This Thank is great. So well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.